there was someone we there's someone we know that was just like well how do the aliens know how to speak english and i'm just like i'm done like i'm out of this conversation <laughs> well, clearly they have the language stone it's so, the rosetta stone damn yeah, it i fucked it up god damn it i was so close you to can't the joke. edit that into being smart either oh my god so i have to live with it forever I you had I, it in your grasp i and god damn it that makes me so mad that i missed that Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 500 with a review of Avengers Infinity War. I'm Christopher Schneezy. To infinity and be runch. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, lately, we have been talking about films that aren't coming to a theater near you. Our Tribeca coverage has been like the last several episodes but we are back. This is our f- uh, this is officially numbered our 500th episode. Though there have literally been like 20 episodes in between this and 499. Yeah, yeah. And there's also like, I mean, I could probably pull it up right now and just say how many episodes are on the server. But it, it's more. But officially, since we've started numbering these reviews, we're on episode 500. And what better way to ring in the 500th episode and the assembling of the avengers to take on a great foe who has been hated by people across the galaxy (laughs) but then then to bring back carson patrick (laughs) but enough about carson (laughs) um but yes i mean it it felt perfect i mean carson you have not been a fan of uh some of (laughs) the uh the the films in the franchise of the marvel universe Uh, is, is that correct I've been a 50-50, I think, on, on Marvel. But you've been um, definitely vocal against some of the things related to Thanos. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and also, like, I mean, this is, a, this is an event movie. This is a culmination of 10 years of movies. Today, May 2nd, uh, which is when we're recording this, is the official 10-year anniversary of Iron Man. So wrap your brain around that little tidbit. Wow. My, my brain is done wrapped. Yeah, so... Um, I honestly can't believe it hasn't been more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's crazy, because, I mean, we're, like, a little over nine years into this podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's... We're... we're There are so many uh, synergistic uh, things that are happening with this review coming together. Um, it, it's, oh, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's exciting. Hashtag I mean, synergy, hashtag hot content. <laughs> yeah, it's, we, all, we, it's all here. We're, we're in the uh, spoiler... The spoiler warning... Uh, Extended yeah, dude. universe. I'm fucking. <laughs> I'm, 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 fucking TSWU. I'm, I'm jittery, man. I feel nervous. I haven't done this in a while, so um. yeah. Whereas Chris and I are dead inside now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's been it's been a pretty gnarly few weeks for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I we didn't exactly plan a super awesome. How do we handle our 500th episode? No, but, we didn't at all. But but I think that Stephen Miller over here in the room with me has at least some icebreakerness or some, some something to start us off with this episode before we dive into that review of Avengers Infinity War. Uh, dive, yeah, in, so, dive in, debate, and discuss, mind you. So, so I, I thought it would be fun just because over the last few hours I've been digging into old episodes, uh, the first few hundred of which are not readily available, but people with <laughs> proper hacky skills can dig through them very slowly <laughs> if they, if thank, they want to. Thank God. 
Uh, and so I thought it'd be fun to start with a little bit of a quiz to see if people remember what they're supposed to think about certain movies from the last nine years. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this is where we fail. We yeah. fail horribly on things we've said over the last nine years. Yeah, so, so, so let's start with a thematically relevant one. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, must avoid. Carson Can't. says he gave it must avoid. Chris, what do you think you gave it? Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that this is one of those things that breaks the series where like I was on board with the the franchise as a whole and I felt like no matter how good or bad any film is, I have been maintaining that you have to see um or at least I recommend that you see any film that comes out because eventually we're gonna reach a film like this where if you haven't seen any of or if you're missing gaps in the series, you will be completely lost. So I'm going to say that I gave it at least a recommend with a caveat. Uh, so Carson is correct. Carson gave it a must avoid. Chris gave it a wait for rental. Really? And oh. I gave it a recommend with a caveat. So in wow. what might be the only situation in the podcast history, I gave a Marvel movie the highest rating of any of us. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Side, note, with the wait, easy wait, stuff. Side note, though, I will say Winter Soldier, definitely my least favorite MCU movie, which is... A real that's the that really gets film Twitter people irked, mm-hmm. you know. That's, yeah, film that, Twitter loves Winter Soldier. For oh yeah, whatever it's, reason. it's it's considered to be you know one of the best Marvel. Oh wait, like, hold on a second. Shit, Winter Soldier is the second one, yeah. not yes. Captain America: Civil Bro. Civil Bro yeah. is the third one. I take back everything I said about it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that movie fucking sucked. <laughs> When you when you put Civil Bro and Winter Soldier in the bottom, and you put Thor two as the best Thor, that's when you know you're really you're really you're really irking with uh, film Twitter. Oh yeah, just just putting it out there. Okay, now now on to a slightly less relevant movie, uh, The Croods. The Croods. <laughs> oh, The Croods. <laughs> Were you even on that one? I was not on this one. But Carson Patrick, what did you think of the Croods? <laughs> Damn, I'm usually good at this. Um, I'd, say, I'd say I gave it a wait for rental. Chris, I'm gonna say I gave it a recommend with the caveat. <laughs> You're both a little kinder in hindsight. Uh, Carson gave it a pass. Chris gave it a rental. Okay. Oh, I feel like that was. Right. It's been a long time since I've even thought of that film. Yeah, that was I, the one with like the yeah. caveman and the not quite. No, no, the cave girl. Who was like trying to go outside? It, it was basically Moana, but on land, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember enjoying Nick Cage's voice work as the uh, father caveman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. about it. That was I, that's all I can remember from that. All right. Uh, so now I have a question that Carson cannot answer. I'm quizzing Chris's memory in being agitated <laughs> with us. Oh, great, Chris. Before I which hope episode? He took his ginkgo today. Before which episode did Carson and I review Saving Christmas for ten minutes? Oh, Jesus Christ! I don't. <laughs> Literally, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I mean, it has to be a Christmas film or a film that aired around Christmas time. Yeah, one would imagine. Cameron released Saving Christmas not I actually, around I Christmas actually time. wrote it down because that was what I was going to say. It was That was definitely, I've said this before, that was definitely my favorite uh, moment. <laughs> was it a Def- film that I really liked? I... Uh, let, think, let, <laughs> let me check for a second to continue with our quiz. No, I remember. I think you guys liked it more than I think me. I liked it more than anyone, I believe. Yeah, um, that's that sounds right. I did not like it. I hate it. I well, hates a little strong, but uh, I was not a fan personally. Yeah, I, I think I liked. I think I think Chris was okay with it. I am coming up on the answer right now. Um, Chris <laughs> gave it a rental. 
Hmm. Steven gave it a recommend with a caveat. Carson gave it a must avoid. Yeah, I remember that. Hmm. What does Carson hate that I'm just all right on? <laughs> uh, it came out in fall of 2014. Yeah. It I... is a look at the relationship between the famous physicist <laughs> Stephen Hawking recently passed the away theory of everything <laughs> yeah theory of everything <laughs> I knew I knew Carson would know right away I rem- I've treasured that episode ever since oh yeah oh, I didn't yeah. even have to look it up definitely um, if you haven't listened if you're listening and haven't listened to that go back and uh, search theory of everything in the very beginning we go on for way too long chris grumpily just kind of sits there and is like these two fools it's pretty funny okay now carson a little history lesson for you from before your time on the podcast Uh, the very first episode of the podcast aired december 21st 2008 wow what was it about what was it was the very first episode? Spoiler yeah. warning episode number one in the numbering convention wherein this is five hundred. We'll, we'll give you a hint too. It was a remake. Oh, okay. December twenty first, two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um trying to think what came out that Christmas. Wasn't Avatar, that was the following year. <laughs> um, I can give you one more hint about how the remake was changed. Oh, oh, Day the Earth Stood Still. Nailed it. Very nice. Thank you. Yes, I remember going, I remember that Christmas going to see that movie uh, in, in, in Limax, being very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> As we all were. Uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, who later went on to direct what movie? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yep. There you go. All right, one it, more we, fastball. We, we, we've come full, full circle already. Fastball, two guns. <laughs> two guns. What did each of you think of two guns? Oh, uh, must see. Re- recommend with a caveat. Uh, you both give a recommend. Oh, pretty okay. good. So you okay. guys actually are pretty consistent. You are rarely off by more than like one star system rating for yeah. any given movie. Now, I remember two guns being, being a fun film. There, there are a few old ones where I don't think we were doing the, the current rating system yet. Like up in the air, Chris gave it like an unknown... Maybe negative, maybe positive review. Like it seemed like he hadn't even grappled with it yet. Yeah, no, um, that that movie messed me up. I, I it took me a while to come around. <laughs> like I I own the film. Actually, I think my my previously owned copies were lent to somebody and never returned. Um, but yeah, yeah. My my very my second episode was Funny People episode thirty two, I believe it was. And I discovered today in that episode that I claimed that I disliked forgetting Sarah Marshall. So. I was crazy. <laughs> Apparently, we were all a little crazy back then. Yeah, I, I mean, and I, I listened in on uh, first episode. I was on episode 69, very fitting, uh, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Um, very uh, retro, uh, just a much simpler time 2010 was. Mm. Uh, much much more cool, calm, collected, not using like a lot. Um <laughs> Uh, a, a lot of things were pretty on brand. I was I listened. Uh, it's a two hour episode, which I thought was crazy. Um, yeah, they were all like an hour and a half or something. Back I mean, then. I mean but that back, was. But back then we had like news and yeah, trailers had, and stuff like that. I mean, I, I I didn't listen to all of it. I listened basically up until we started the review. Um, I forgot we talked about the trailer for Sorcerer's Apprentice. 
Um, uh, and I, we talked about... Uh, some, Which I, uh, I feel like I still haven't watched The Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> um, you're not missing a whole lot. But, well, know, I, I also haven't watched that, that, that Jeff Bridges movie where he like teaches the kid how to like fight dragons or something. What was that? Oh, Seventh Son. Seventh, Seventh Son, yeah. yeah. I still I haven't seen Seventh Son either. Oh, dude, you got to watch that. That is so good. No, I want to watch that. I oh, want to yeah. watch it hard. Oh, it was hard. Yeah, it was so good. And I'm by good, I mean hot mask. <laughs> Can we do one Wonderful. more variety of trivia real fast? Why sure. not? No, I was Our- just going to say real fast that like on that Prince of Persia episode, we were talking about uh, uh, DreamWorks animation. We were all just jizzing over how to train your dragon like anyone would. Um there's a lot of that going on, um, and I remember saying that DreamWorks didn't have a good track record. I feel like I'm I'm more in the DreamWorks camp now. Um, I think that's the one thing that I that I uh, kind of switched on, switched yeah. sides yeah. on. Yeah, and uh, so that segs nicely into my final trivia round. I haven't prepared questions for this. I'm just going to be. I listened to all of our end of the year episodes because the first four years or something are not uh, tabulated anywhere on the internet. So you really have to skip through to find what everybody's rankings were. Um, <laughs> well, at least there was how, only five movies back then. Yeah, yeah. And How yeah. to Train Your Dragon was in my 2010 episode. Um, Carson Patrick, in 2010, Christopher Schnazy's number one was Inception. His number three was The Social Network. Can you tell me his numbers two, four, and five? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say what, because I remember what all of our number ones were that year. Um, wait, so one was Inception. That's obvious. Yeah. Three um, was The Social Network. And what was the other one? Oh, uh, two, and, two and five or four and five? You have to tell me two, four, and five. So tell me the other, the other three that were in the top five. 2010. Uh, Toy Story 3 was somewhere in there right no only on yours actually what oh, what oh wow what that's I, I remember somebody I put Toy Story. Su- crazy hold on, hold on a second hold on a second <laughs> i need to life. i need to retroactively go back and choke myself <laughs> wow. unless i listened wrong i was listening to a lot of episodes today <laughs> i need to figure out what the rest of this are list you telling is me to that explain I, why you... toy story 3 was not on this list are you telling yeah, me yeah if would, you nail one you of them me... you're gonna feel real weird about that <laughs> Are you telling me I was being more basic than Chris? <laughs> you were. I had How to Train Your Dragon. You had Toy Story 3. I don't think Chris put either of them. I think, I, he, I, what? I think he put kids' movies in the penalty box that year or something. Oh, man, dude. Well, How to Train Your Dragon was definitely on there, right? No, not of Chris. I don't, I, I, what? I, I don't even know who this person is. <laughs> what? Wow. How to Train oh, Your Dragon. I'll tell you one more, Carson, that you and I had on our list that Chris didn't was True Grit that year. We both had it on. In 2010? Oh. Yeah. We both had True Grit in the top five? Yeah, we did. All right, what the fuck was I thinking? I mean, I like that movie. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love True Grit, but like, there's got to be something else. Can I tell you one more thing else. that wasn't in Chris's top five? Wait, was Scott Pilgrim in, in his top five? It was in that? both of ours. It wasn't what? in Chris's. Whoa. <laughs> I need to know what these movies were now because something Whoa. I don't understand. Wait, hold on. We uh, we're gonna crack this, okay? We're, we're Tom Hanks. We're gonna solve the. Hold on a second, puzzle. guys. I really hope I wrote this down right. Hold, hold, hold on a second, guys. How do you pronounce Bearstein Bears? <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that like the Mandela this effect is, what, is happening. Is do you want me to tell you? No, no, wait. We gotta we gotta figure th- we gotta crack this, okay? This is like Inferno. We're gonna solve it, Robert Langdon style. Um, 
Wait, so one was Inception, obviously. Three Inception was... was all of our number ones. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember I had I had Toy Story 3 and Scott Pilgrim on my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Chris did not have any of these, nor did he have How to Train Your Dragon, which is insane. No. That's pretty insane. And I had True Grit on it, which is insane to me. I don't know why... <laughs> I don't clearly, understand. Clearly, who, I didn't. Clear, I don't clearly, I didn't see enough movies that year. Podcast back then, but this man, I cannot endorse. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck else came out in 2010? Hold on, what were the other like big movies? I'll, I'll give you a hint, Carson. The one movie that was on your list that you haven't remembered yet was shared with Christopher Schnazy. Hmm. Was it? Was Owls of Ghoul on there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, see, I would have replaced True Grit with Owls of Ghoul if we were talking now, because obviously, uh, go with the Zack Snyder. Anyway. Um, All right, you, you have... Oh, The Town. What about The Town? That was a big... No, one. The Town. Was, I, put, the town. I put that movie in my rear view. <laughs> yeah, did you, I don't remember. All right, you, you have 10 seconds before I give away the answer. Fuck. Uh, all right, hold on. I mean, what? Give, us a, give us a hint about what... what was there go from Jason? the bottom. Go from the bottom. Okay, go, going from the bottom. Um... Uh, this director made a movie late last year that what? most people did not like. That could be anybody. <laughs> that is not as specific. Um, <laughs> this director made a movie that could be an allegory for the creation story oh. that most people <laughs> did not like. <laughs> Wait. Oh, no. Black Swan. Yeah, Black Swan. Okay, okay, cool. Black okay. Swan. okay, yeah, yeah. All, All right. right. I'll stand by it. I'll stand by it. Wait, was, so right. was Black Swan on my top No, five? no, it was not on yours. Oh, yeah, I'll stand by Black Swan. Yeah, yeah how so did, Chris had Black how Swan. How did I put True Grit above Black Swan? Whatever. So far, so must good. must have been high on that. Uh, Chris and Carson both shared the same number four uh, by a director who would go on to become pretty renowned for his collaborations with a particular uh, actress. Um he kind of had a a late career resurgence that resulted in a bunch of critically acclaimed movies happening in a row. Um, this actress, actress pairing. Yeah, okay. this is a movie that stars two brothers. They're playing two <laughs> brothers. Um, oh, an actor who was famous for playing a superhero is one of the brothers. Oh, this is the Brothers Bloom. No. no. <laughs> oh no! I think that was the year before. I think. But that, that was totally a... applies. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, 100, sure, I'm the brother, about, the brothers the, bloom. One hundred percent applies. It's the to... fighter. The fighter was okay, both of your fighter, number yeah, four. Yeah. That oh, year. the fighter. Yeah, oh. the fighter. So so far so good. I, Chris's so, taste is not bad. So Chris I don't, has Black Swan and the fighter. Okay. Man, I totally forgot about the. Okay, I don't but, know. Okay, I, I stand by the fighter though. I yeah. stand by that. I don't know if I stand by the fighter. Not not that. No, no. Let me rephrase that before I make things weird. It's not that I discount the quality of the fighter. I'm just saying in a universe where I could have put How to Train Your Dragon or Toy, Toy Story, Story 3, 3 or, or any of these Pilgrim. things, I, I'm just surprised that the fighter was above other things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, been a that. while since I have seen that film, obviously, like literally since that episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the first time in this round of questioning that I've been like really, really like, oh, huh, cool. Yeah. Okay, so wait. This is number two. Number I don't two, know right? how to give anybody a hint for this one. Uh, let's see. How can I? How can I give them a hint? Uh, What's the tagline for the movie? <laughs> That's usually a fun one. 
I the totally tagline for, well oh let me just say a superhero movie is coming out this year that stars the actor from this movie oh shit man I'm not on my A game right now a superhero movie is coming out wait what what genre is it <laughs> psychological thriller I think is what you would call what? it what <laughs> Toy Story 3. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, the one tagline is, your fate is never sealed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Another tagline. 170,000 square miles of desert. 90 minutes of oxygen. Buried. Buried. Oh, oh this is... <laughs> buried. Okay, that's very on brand. <laughs> yeah, buried. Barry's fucking great. I love it. Yeah, I stand by it. I stand by it. Barry okay. was a phenomenal film. I drove like 90 miles to see that film. And I came out of it and was like, this movie is great. I can't I can't believe that he had... I don't know. I just... Uh, yeah, I'm surprised, like I said, those other three weren't on there. Because I remember I had those on mine. Yeah. And so what, what's I weird completely is I feel forgot like about my, True Grit and the I, I, do love, I do love that all of your clues for the one film... Could one hundred percent be the Brothers Bloom? Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I feel I find it funny because my top five of that year feels very much more in line with Chris's top five for like what I would have expected. My, I was Scott Pilgrim, True Grit, How to Train Your Dragon, The Social Network, Inception. I'm actually surprised that yeah. I didn't have The Social Network on there. Uh, you did. You did. Social oh, Network did. was one. Yeah, you had oh, it yeah, gotcha, number gotcha. number three. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, th- I think that was just one of those years where, like, there were so many good things. Like, I, 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 if, if you've listened to the past reviews, especially these top, especially when you guys moved it to top t- uh, tens instead of top fives, I think in the past I've had much harder times narrowing down my top five list. And in these years, I've, like, had an easy time getting a five, but then had to work to try to place my top ten. And I think that, that I, I can see how I would arrive at a list that would feel surprising to me now when I reflect back upon these films. But in the moment, I was like, this film blew me away. I'm going to give it to the... Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do one final one. I'll keep it short because I know we've been going at this for a while. I mean, I could do this all night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this is a quiz for Carson Patrick because I've already shown this to Chris so he knows the answer. Oh, uh, okay. The following year, 2011, Chris's numbers one and two were Hugo... And drive. Can you tell me his three, four, and five? Twenty eleven. Okay. I'll give you a hint. One of no, them no, was no, the no, source. No. I got. I think I got this one. Rise okay. of the Apes was definitely in there. Yes, it was. <laughs> There's a wonderful line in that. It was the first time I ever weighed in on the Rise of the Planet of the Apes controversy. You guys start arguing about it, and I weigh in like mildly on the side of Chris. I said like it was fine. It, you know, it, it looked good. And at the end of your long argument, Chris says something like. Uh, uh, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> and, and I say, yeah, I'm sure that's the last time we're ever going to hear from that on the podcast. <laughs> and we would proceed to argue about Planet of the Apes roughly every five episodes until episode 500. All right, so you got Planet yeah. of the Apes. The last two, wait, these wait, are the esoteric just, ones. Wait, okay, so what number was that? Three or four? That was three. Three? Four and five. I feel like you can't possibly get five. I couldn't. I couldn't have gotten four or five. <laughs> you, you said you said five to me, and I was like, "No, yeah, yeah, I stand by it." Oh, uh, damn! Wait, so one was Hugo. Yeah. 
two is Drive, three, Rise of the Apes. Four, obviously four was Green Lantern. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. No, only one of us had a Seth Rogen-related movie in our top five that year, and it was me. 50-50. Oh. But Chris didn't have that. Oh, that, that seems like a movie he would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was basically Chris in the first few years of the podcast. That's what I've learned. Fifty Fifty has everything that I love: crying and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Ninety percent sure. of my character is those two things. Detour while Carson thinks. One of my big regrets is that my number five in 2011 was Barney's version, the Paul Giamatti <laughs> movie that nobody has ever thought of since. The sad Dude. thing is when you said that, I don't even know what movie you're That's got to be the most, that's very on, that's an early on brand assessment. I yeah, that, like. that was like me realizing how pretentious I was. And then I remember future. going like, didn't that come out last year technically? And you're like, oh, I, you know, uh, <laughs> it didn't come out near me. I'm not a big city guy yet, bro. And I'm like, okay. I don't know. That's not what happened. Yeah. Um, I don't remember, man. I need some clues. I can't think of uh, 2011, man. Was there a Christopher Nolan movie that? No, there wasn't. Nope. Um, All right. His number four is a small movie. It deals with a relationship yes. or maybe like two relationships that might conflict with each other. Um, mm. the, w- let's see, what can I say about the leads in this film? Um, this is the one that we talked about that you finally saw, right? Yeah. 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 yeah both leads have been in much one, bigger movies one, before. One of them, one of them, uh, acted as a Navi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. And the other one got called Poppet by a by a pirate. That's true. So Zoe Saldana was in this. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Leading back to Infinity Brunch. Um, man, what was was it? The words? No, no it wasn't no. Zoe Saldana. It was yeah, it was not Zoe Saldana. Oh, it wasn't her? No, no, no. Oh, Kira Knightley. Okay, yeah. what yes. was Kira Knightley in? Oh, did you put that Steve Carell movie on there? No, nope. no, 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 no. Seeking a friend for the end of the world. I did nope. not. Okay, what other movie was she in that year? Um, Anna Karenina. Nope. Think of the male male lead who was a Navi. Oh, okay. Oh, male. Oh, oh my gosh. How? Oh, okay. It's all coming back to me. Yes, <laughs> I remember. I watched it after you put it on there. It was. I, that I s- thought. I thought. It, in my memory, this film was a a uh, runner-up that I I didn't rank but wanted to make sure people knew about. But apparently I gave it a number four. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was that Sam Worthington movie yep. Uh, yep. last night. Yeah, yes. you got it. Yes, yes. Now number five. Number five, I'll give you a clue that we like, might have to bleep. Yeah, I'll, 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 give, I'll give you a clue, which might be a bad clue, but in my head... He's got my, a cameo coming up. No, no, my, 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 my number five was the equivalent of my predestination rank. Like, it's that type of film where I love the idea and the execution of what it's trying to do, but you might not think it's a good movie. So it's sci-fi, sci-fi movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Um, Steven gave you a clue with the cameo joke. Mm-hmm. There was a cameo joke? It might have a full metal bitch in it. Oh, okay, okay. 
this should be coming to me sooner. I don't know why. Oh, wait, was it? No, it wasn't Looper, was it? No, no, no. no. That was the next year. That was 2012. Yeah, that was the next. Looper was the one movie of 2012 that collided in any of our lists. We otherwise had completely non-overlapping lists. We all had Looper in our list? Uh, You didn't have Looper in your list, but Chris and I did. And that was the only collision period in the whole thing. So Emily Blunt sci-fi movie. What the fuck? Based on a story by Philip K. Dick. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't even narrow it down. We already said sci-fi. The the male lead is in another film that we talked about earlier. You know what's funny when you when you because I didn't hear you say male lead in in Avatar, so I just heard like was a Navi and said hello Poppet because I don't I don't think. (laughs) I don't think I don't people don't remember this and I was thinking about it the other day and I'm trying to stall but Zoe Saldana was in the first Pirates of the Caribbean so that's why I thought Zoe Saldana Yeah I don't I don't remember her being in that in that at yeah. all which is crazy. Yeah and I remember people saying like oh Zoe she got fucked from the franchise and then she literally got three of the biggest franchises of all time so Yeah. Um Okay. Gosh, I'm going to give it away soon. I know. I'm sure Sarah's like, you dumb bitch. I know what it is. Directed by George Nolfi. If we can tie it back to Avengers Infinity War, this film also contains Anthony Mackie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, fuck. I'm trying not to. I swear I'm not looking it up. I'm just trying to go off memory. I'm trying to be like, you know, Adam Driver and while we're young, we're just going to let it, you know, we're not yeah. going to use our phones, you know. <laughs> um this is God. riveting material. I know. This is people are just people fucking, love it. They're dialed in, man. Um, oh my God! What other sci-fi movie was Emily Blunt and Anthony Mackie in? Oh, oh, <laughs> Adjustment Bureau. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Matt and Damon. I, st- I, I stand by it too. I stand oh, by hell, it. The Adjustment yeah. Bureau is great. I love that movie. Yeah, that's a very underrated movie. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a. People should re you know go back and revisit that movie if they uh, haven't seen it in a while or haven't seen it at all because I feel like it was underappreciated. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, I could play this all night, but I think <laughs> if we don't want this episode to be longer than the movie we're about to review. <laughs> Stephen, could you play it all night, or did you use up all your material already? <laughs> no, I, I I wrote down every single year. I could I could quiz for. Oh yeah, there's two thousand. No, 2012 i have no idea <laughs> that's fine I, I mean i i hope people have enjoyed this little like blast from our past um i'm sure most of the people listening now were not around for many of those things so at least now they have something to dig through and if you are interested in hearing some of these reviewed episodes if they don't currently exist on the spoilerwarning.com if you send an email to fans at the spoilerwarning.com and say hey i want to hear this thing that you guys referenced uh, we will be more than happy to send you a direct link to one of those episodes because they're all on the server. And uh, yeah, that would be cool to hear from you guys. Um, but we are here not to celebrate our 500th official numbered episode, but to talk about Avengers colon Infinity War, which is the film that you all have been dying to hear us talk about, oh, I assume. yes. Um, you're tired of our endless reviews from Tribeca. <laughs> you wanted to return to the theatrical films that you can see. You wanted Carson to come back and tell us what he really thought of Thanos. Yep. What do you say, guys? We get into this review. Let's let's do it. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. We are going to take a listen to the trailer from Avengers: Infinity War, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. 
The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants, so that's what we use. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way, it might be really good. Wow. Spider-Man. All right, so that was the trailer for Avengers Infinity War. This is the culmination of the last 18 films. Uh, <laughs> everything has been building to this moment. Thanos, the big bad. Thanos. Thanos Thanos for everyone. Yeah, so have we even used the phrase Infinity Brunch yet? I, I've used it uh, several times. I didn't use it enough to incept everyone before I left, but yes. But yeah, it's, a def- it's definitely a thing that we, I think we have referenced in episodes that Carson wasn't on Infinity Brunch. Yeah. Um, all in homage to Carson, of course. Uh, but he is back to review it. Basically, yeah. Avengers Infinity War. There's this big bad who's been existing the entire time who has a big dastardly plan that involves him getting a hold of all the Infinity Gems and putting him into his big infinity glove <laughs> and doing something bad and fucking some people up. Thanos is going to intersect with all the characters we've had in the previous films and do some crazy shit. And our heroes have to do their damnedest to try to stop this dastardly plan that Thanos has. Who are we going to first in this episode? Nefari- if, I don't if, even know. If we're going to get nostalgic, I, you could say he had a nefarious plan with some nefarious acts. That is that is true. I, it's been a long time since I've said the word nefarious. Yeah. Um, nefarious. <laughs> I, I oh look it up. man, yeah. people love. I'll, I'll look it up. People love those jokes, man. I mean, we really cornered the market on three white guys talking about movies. I mean, mm-hmm. I just want to throw it out there. We we're on that unique train. Oh yeah. We got in early, you know. Speaking of unique trains, <laughs> Carson Patrick. 
you oh, are the guest. You are the guest first? host on this episode, dude. I mean, do you, if you if you don't want to go first, we can toss to to Stephen first. But I'll, I, go, I, I'll go. I'll go first. I don't. I don't care. I mean, I, mean I, I assume that if we, I, I assume that Stephen, like Stephen, is always semi middle. Carson is usually one side, and I am on the other side. Yeah. I think maybe in old fashioned, Stephen can sort of like wade into the kiddie pool. Much like Thanos, maybe I can balance the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it is better if we start with Stephen. Let him do his thing. Carson, you can, you know, like bring out the big guns or the oh, big yeah. gauntlet and uh, smash our world to pieces. And then we gloves. can come to me and I can see what I thought of this film. Um, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Avengers Infinity War? My honest review is I didn't think of Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> um, this I thought this movie was completely, absolutely, totally okay. It was totally okay. I think it re- it represents something that's very impressive, right? It's the culmination of a fuckload of movies coming together. And it hinges on this idea that the audience has seen... At least like sixty six percent of those movies, there, right? There are people listening to this episode now who were not yet born <laughs> when <laughs> the first of the Marvel M- MCU films came out. Which I know a Marvel MCU is completely redundant, but you know what I'm saying. Well, so yeah. you're saying we have eight year old listeners? That's what you're saying? Yeah, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> that's, I don't, that's I don't know our how demo. I feel about that. That's really our demo. You know, they <laughs> love the. Yeah. You guys know what I mean. <laughs> they love the dick jokes and all the bodily <laughs> anyway, fluid references. Yeah, I, 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 I've referenced in past episodes that I have hit some level of Marvel fatigue, right? Because movies, even like Thor Ragnarok, which I think are fun and are playing with form a little bit and are clearly having a good time, they just stop working on me the way that they used to. Now, this movie is all about the... Um, the crossover, right? This is one giant crossover film, and it plays like a crossover film. This doesn't, this doesn't play the way, let's say, the Avengers did, like the original Avengers movies, where it kind of felt like one movie about a team of people that all work together. This really felt like a movie where we are going to cut to the Guardians of the Galaxy, we're going to cut to Thor, we're going to cut to Captain America, we're going to cut to Iron Man, we're going to tangle all these different people together in ways that feel playful just in the way that we make setups to make them run into each other, right? Like, that is a lot of the joy of this movie is watching people interact and pairing different people that are very thematically similar together. Like, you have have the obvious ones, like Iron Man and uh, Doctor Strange have a lot of time together. They're both kind of the acerbic people who have been forced into a role of protecting the universe but are still kind of cocky assholes deep down. Um, You have even little ones like... uh, mantis and spider-man right right like little things where there are kind of they, they both inhabit kind of similar M- mantis yeah yeah isn't that her name from guardians yeah oh. she's she's kind of bug-like and there, the there's a moment where the they sh- kind of tumble yeah together <laughs> and there yeah, and her- the movie is having a lot of fun with that i don't know why i don't know what her fucking name yeah. is yeah the movie is having a lot of fun with that it's like pairing the most fun characters together and saying what would happen if we put these two in a room and it feels very much like a comic book would if you paid to get the crossover comic book and you want to see all these frames where characters that have never been drawn side by side are suddenly being drawn together um that was all mostly fun right like that that was fine i i chuckled at this movie plenty of times uh i think chris pratt is very funny in this movie robert downey jr gets a bunch of good zingers when people are insulting thanos i had fun with that because they reference how dumb he looks <laughs> repeatedly in this movie 
Uh, I believe Chris Pratt both calls him Grimace and says that his chin looks like a scrotum, so that's yeah, nice to have yeah. both of those together. <laughs> um, S- solid, solid. But if he looked cool, they, he would still say that joke because he's Chris Pat- Pratt or he's Star-Lord, you know? Yeah. and But I just... All of it added together. The stakes are so high here. And the movie does not shy away from making it be, quote, dark, from making it have sad turns, tragic turns, from making it be heavy. But the tone of the Marvel franchises, they built it so far, makes it impossible for me to take that heaviness seriously. And I feel like that has a lot to do with the construction of the movie. You cannot go two minutes into this movie without having some throwaway joke get thrown out by a character. Repeatedly. No matter... A character might have died 30 seconds before. Somebody's going to throw out a zinger in the next you know, scene. And there's something about that, that feeling of everything is for fun, everything is being played for laughs, that after a while felt a little tiring. Like I, I had fun, like I was laughing, you know, I was smiling, but it, it didn't feel like it built up to much. And I think for all the talk that this is the culmination of years and years and years of world building, years and years of work, I can't help but feel like it's more like a gimmick to acknowledge the years and years of world building. And at the end of the day, I think almost every one of these characters, individual films were better than this combination of them. So given what the movie wanted to do, which is bring way too many heroes together, I think they pulled it off totally fine. Like I think I think the Russo brothers did a good job. I think everybody's like deserves thumbs up for making this not be terrible. Like it's amazing that they even landed the ship at all. And I think it it is an accomplishment that they could even do this, but should they have done it? Like, do I need to live in a world where I watch a two and a half hour movie that is just a combination of every other movie I've been watching for the last decade? And I, I don't know. I don't know. So it, it was fine. I didn't hate it. I just don't know why, why I'm watching it. I, I just don't understand how they could have landed the ship if Thanos destroyed the ship between Thor Ragnarok and this movie. That's true. Mm. <laughs> that is also true. Spoilers. I mean, spoilers for something that happens before this movie begins. Well, yeah. And that is all the spoilers you will get, people, before the spoiler section on this episode. (sighs) So bossy. But anyways, Carson Patrick, in your spoiler-free comments... um, In my what comments? In your your spoiler-free comments. Oh, right. um, Do you you share Stephen Miller's opinions on this film? I, uh, yeah, I actually do. I think I'm pretty pretty much in the same boat. Um, I, uh... I, similar to the Star Wars movies, like I went in and I left unchanged. Um, and uh, I mean, look, it is what it is. Uh, and I think it completely delivers on the aspect of what it sets out to do. Um, I can't, I can't hate on the movie. I, I, I wasn't, I'm really like truly like in the middle on it um i think there's a lot of great things in it i think there's a lot of things that in it that make um what i find the team-up movies to be uh boring although i will say that this is my favorite of the team-up movies out Mm. of the other avengers out of civil bro winter soldier um definitely out of the you know those other two and this out of the Russo brothers' uh, contributions. I think that 
you get what you pay for. You're going to get epic scale. You're going to get all of these characters together. It's what a lot of people have been waiting for. Um, there is a thrill of seeing them all together, like undeniably. Um, and there are a lot of things, like Steven said, I think they do land the ship, but a lot of there are a lot of things like um, where the movie is just so massive, it's not, you know, it's kind of really not its fault why there are like some pacing things or stuff like that. Um, I'm just trying to keep it short because like I really, I'm not going to say anything else because I'm just going to go off. I'll probably reveal too much, but um, I also have plenty of spoilery thoughts. No, we'll, too, I mean, we'll, we'll have a, a, we'll definitely have a long extended Thanos size spoiler segment at the end of this episode um, for people who have already seen the film. So, but yeah, like I, I liked it the best out of the team up movies. Uh, I would still rank it like pretty low out of the other Marvel. Cause you know, when you get, I think that's just what, you know, I obviously I, I like you know gravitate more towards the, um, the the movies that feel more standalone that have a little more of a vision behind it, and those are mainly the the solo outings. And when you, I feel like when you get when you get a, a team up movie and you get all these uh, characters together, you're you're kind of it's almost like they have to make it, they have to neutralize it, right? Yeah, they, they, kinda, they have to mix together into one kind of grayish-brown yeah, color. It doesn't right. need to be its own unique thing. <laughs> in a grayish-brown, yeah, concrete space poop thing, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, and, like, you know, you gotta have, like, a really bland MacGuffin or something. You know, you gotta have a portal. You gotta have blue aliens or whatever the fuck. Um, so, yeah, like, even though there are a lot of, like, especially in this one, there's even more characters that you love because we got the Guardians this time. Um and we've got Doctor Strange, and we've got Spider-Man. Um, but even, like, with all... And we've got the characters from Black Panther. Like, even with, you know, with all these new characters involved, you still gotta, you know, you still gotta neutralize it. You still gotta have them all, like, be cohesive in this giant-ass fucking movie. And I remember, you know, after I came out of Black Panther, the first thing I said was, I don't know how we're gonna go back to fucking Infinity Brunch and an Ant-Man sequel now after that. Like, why do they, how do they expect us to do that? And I was kind of joking even, like, to you guys, I think I was like, why does Wakanda look lame as hell in the Infinity Brunch trailer? And that's kind of, like, the same thing in this movie. I, like, I agree, by the way. Wakanda looks, like, notably lamer in this movie yeah. than it does in Black Panther. They're, like, on the Wakanda backlot or something. It's so fucking <laughs> weird. Like, all of that cool production design... And, and stuff that they, you know, everything that they did for Black Panther, completely gone in this. Like, uh, Letitia Wright's, uh, like, really badass-looking tech cave and stuff, gone. She's just, like, in a fucking glass room, and you're just like, what? What? And then, like, you know, just all that stuff is gone. It's so weird. Um, so, yeah, like, that that kind of stuff where, especially since that movie is is, like, you know, so fresh in our minds, you know, like that that was the most jarring was that like they completely like killed everything that was cool in that and um you know to make it kind of fit into the into this team up movie um so yeah there's just a lot of that where they have to like kind of it feels like they got to tone it down they got to they got to make it all into one so that they can all play together anyway 
Cool. Christopher Schmaisey. <laughs> Defend this movie. Well, before before I get into my thoughts of the film, let, let me just let me just set the stage for you guys. <laughs> if you have been downloading and listening to any of the episodes that we've released in the last couple of weeks, you know that Stephen and I have been in New York for the Tribeca Film Festival. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> we we've been we've been watching a lot of very serious Oh, so either, serious. Either either uh intense or very emotional, just 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 strong films about like strong-minded people that are like emotional that might make you tear up at the end or, or make you think about real world things and Iron- also zo yeah. and and also a film called zo iron um, man iron man does not spit in thanos's mouth in this unfortunately <laughs> that that is 100 percent true um so i flew back from new york and i landed at somewhere a little bit before eight o'clock Went home to my completely destroyed apartment <laughs> that I haven't seen in, in two weeks, and uh, you know, <laughs> somebody I was like, somebody break in? No, no, I just like <laughs> I had to pack two weeks worth of clothes and did a bunch of laundry and like left a bunch of stuff. And there's just Amazon boxes everywhere, and may have left stuff in the kitchen. Uh, but anyways, it's, it's not unimportant to the story. Anyways, I got home. I was like, huh, nice. This place is. Let me open a window. Um, but uh, I sat down. I pulled out my phone. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna see if there are seats available anywhere. Oh yeah, within walking distance of my apartment. So I found a, what I thought was an amazing seat uh, for the 10:45 showing. Which, if you know anything about New York and San Francisco, you know is like the equivalent of seeing this film at 1:45 in the AM for me. And I said, you know what? I need a chaser. From this two weeks of film watching that I did, I'm going to go see Avengers Infinity War. Did you at, order? At my equip- no, no, you- this, this wasn't Alamo Draft House. This oh, was a regular man. theater. All I right. didn't even get popcorn. I just, I, 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 uh, Uber Eats uh, some Mexican food, <laughs> chowed that down, and then walked to the theater, sat gonna- down for my equivalent 1:45 in the morning showing, and I was like. I hope I make it through this movie. I'm excited for it. I've somehow stayed away from the internet for the last two weeks. I don't hey, have spoilers. I'm technically it. unsolely. Like, I've done it. I, I can see this movie. I just want to get it done so that I can continue and go back to my life. I hope I make it through this movie. I made it through the movie. And I have to say, call me Jeff Kanata, guys, because I think this movie's great. Good, good. It wouldn't be Infinity Brunch if you didn't think it was great. Yeah, I, we, I think regardless... We need someone of, to pour love all over it. Regardless of what you think of this film, quality-wise, I think this is the cinematic equivalent of watching the finale of Lost. I think this is a thing where... Is that everybody a feels a little disappointed. Collectively... <laughs> co- no, no, no. The experience of watching it. Uh, like where collectively okay. every single person you know has been on this journey for the last 10 years or whatever and is now working towards Who this, shot JR? One, this this one thing where you're going to watch it and you're some people are going to love it some people are going to hate it but you will all experience experience this thing as one this is a thing that like isn't going to happen again like yeah. there has not been another season finale of lost since that like shortly after that was the world of streaming and binge watching and people watching things time delayed and like everything was gone this is a bunch of people watching the culmination of one thing that they've all participated in four years and that experience is amazing i was watching it four days late 
or three days, whatever it is. Like the, the yeah, yeah, Thursday showings. Yeah, four, it was four days late, and everyone in my theater was watching it for the first time, and we were all experiencing this one thing at the same time in an amazing way. And I think that this film does what the other team ups haven't done. Like the one thing that Carson, if I can put words in your mouth, that you've complained about is that all of these films just feel like things that are paying off other things. And mm. I think that this film was like. We're done trying to set up other things. This is the thing we've been setting up. Like Thanos shows up and just starts fucking shit up. And it's it's a oh, thing. Oh, I mean, where... I have no problem with them finally paying off stuff. I mean, that was no, 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 no. yeah. I, I just mean that. I just mean that. Like the the things that were annoying about past Marvel films are is that they yeah. all seem to be like, well, we need to make more Marvel films. So come watch our film, where half of the film is references to things that aren't in this movie at all. Yeah, and, and this I mean, film I think is that like... kind of. But I also think that kind of lends into the to the the bland nature of the team up movies. Cause I feel like the team up movies are the ones that are, are setting those stages the most. Right? Yeah. yeah, but, like, I, but, but I feel like this one isn't, I mean, outside of setting up the second half of this movie, this right. film isn't trying to set up anything. No, this but I'm just saying is... leading up, leading up to this, I think, you know, I have, I have said that where it feels episodic. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And um, I, and th- but I think feels, that is, I think that's kind of like what, ish, if, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I feel like that. <laughs> yeah, it's finalisodic. Yeah. This is a film, <laughs> this is a film where it's like, we're done setting things up. All of the shit is coming together now. And I think that the fact that like, be, because when Thanos arrives, he has some level of something already, right? Like he is already a big bad with powers that are formidable to literally every single cast member we've had to this morning or to, to this moment. Like there are stakes. The stakes are super obvious. They're super dire. Like one of the things I praised about uh, Civil Bro is those the, the fight scene at the end of the film where Tony Stark is fighting Captain America and Bucky. And just like there's there's this moment where that fight is coming to a conclusion and there's just this conclusion. <laughs> what did I say? Conclusion. Conclusion, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Anyways. anyways it's just funny. It, it's coming to, uh, it, it's being capped off, if you will. Yeah. And, and like Getting. just that, that, where they are at that moment and like the look in Tony Stark's eyes as Captain America is about to potentially, I mean, we, we know he's not going to kill him, but like no. the fact that Tony Stark doesn't know that Captain America is not going to drive that shield right through his face and just put him out of Captain's misery. Oh, like, don't, I wanted it. We all wanted it for sure. You, you wanted it. I think Captain, yeah. I, 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 I hate Captain America. I, I think Tony Stark is great. I think Tony Stark is the best part of the series. Oh, of course. I, yeah. I, I think his, not, not just because his character is really cool, but I think the journey that he's been on this entire time is the soul of this franchise. And, whether or not you agree with that, that's just like, it's not that like, I'm like, Oh, that's the only character I care about. It's cool. I just, I just feel like he is the person who has sunk the most of himself into being who he is and the decisions that he makes throughout the series. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I just, I'm just trying to say like the way the stakes in that scene, where you're seeing these people fight for something they truly believe in. Those stakes are like that times a million um, in this film. And I think that the fact that this is, there's three scenes that I kind of hate, which is like the entire story crawls to a halt so some characters can give up exposition. But besides that, this is like Thanos is like, hey, I'm here. I want these stones. Deal with it. And the heroes who are all separated because this this isn't a thing like, say, uh, Man of Steel, which I love, where uh, Zod comes into his ship and goes like, 
uh, hey, Earthlings, I know you have my Superman. Um, tell me where he is, otherwise I'll fuck the planet up. This is a film where Thanos just shows up where the Infinity Stones is and goes like, hey, give me that. And then they fight. And this is this is a film that doesn't have a lot of downtime, minus those three scenes, and it's just about like the culmination of everything we've been sitting through. And I think that those moments have so much weight and are done so well and are so inventive and bring together both the humor and the emotional side of all these characters that like I watched this film and I was like this movie is fucking great and I'm loving every second of it minus those three scenes and I think that I don't like my biggest complaint about this film is that they backpedal on certain huge emotional moments which we'll get to in spoilers and then do another thing which I'm of the tale of two schnazies right where, like, I'm so conflicted because I know... We can get into Inspire. Yeah. I already know what you're going to yeah, say. Yeah. And to me, that is... What you're about to say is what taints heavily my feeling of this movie, where this... In my mind, this is a... This movie is a finale that feels like it might also be just another episode. And that is what I don't... It all... It, it doesn't feel like it, it, there are moments of finality in this film, but the stakes get amped. Like you said, this this takes the stakes and multiplies it by like a thousand. And the problem is when you multiply a big thing on like a calculator or something, it maxes out <laughs> and like loops back to zero. Oh my god, it's nine hundred and eleven thousand. <laughs> exactly, and, the, and the, this has multiplied the stakes so much that they round out to nothing to me now. Because the stakes are so high, I no longer believe anything anywhere can actually happen. And, would, and yeah, that's I, what is weird to me. I would argue that the stakes in this movie weren't high at all. Hot take. What? <laughs> that's <laughs> the, a hot take that the, deserves spoilers. That, yeah. that, that, that's, that's also, so hot Also, it's your cold. comparison <laughs> to Lost, I meant, I, I meant to say, so were you... Well, I guess we'll have to wait. But I was going to say, so you, you compared it to Lost in that it's this culmination, but then so, you were so let for, down for, at the for end? The, for the record, I hated the finale of Lost. Yeah, but a lot of, yeah, most people did. But I have never experienced, like, when Lost was happening in real time, I was watching it with all my coworkers. I, I, I lived in a house with three other guys, and we would watch the episodes together and then argue for, like, three hours before we went to sleep about what we had just watched. Oh, and when yeah. the finale... Like, that sitting down to watch that finale is something that has never been recreated right. in so the, the history the of television event, today. The, the yeah. fact that this is a shared thing happening at the same time for so many people. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. feel that, like... No, I mean, I was right there with you, and and unfortunately it... I mean, at least with at least with this movie, we know that there's another... There's a follow-up. So you're not, like, just left hanging, like, that yeah. was it? And, 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 and honestly, I, I, I think the knowing there is a follow-up lessens this film a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think that this film executes so well on what it's doing that I just found myself very, very much in love with what I was watching. Um, and yes, like as you guys said, Wakanda is treated very poorly in this film. It's seemingly unimportant and based on how the film ends – it's excessively unimportant. Yeah. But I think that any place where Thanos is standing is done perfectly. Um, so, yeah, the, the people who are not where Thanos is 
get kind of thrown to the wind. But that sort of makes sense because in like like I said, if I go back to the the um, the Man of Steel um, uh, analogy in Man of Steel, Zod arrives and announces that he's there and says, hey, I'm here. Let's do this. And then people have to try to like figure out how to deal with them, make a plan, and then try to address the fact that he's there. In this film, Thanos is just fucking sick of this shit and just shows up. And and the way he's been waiting since 2012, man. Yeah, yeah, but he's been <laughs> he's been having his children go out, and everyone yeah, knows you yeah. can't. If you want something done right, you do it yourself. But uh, I, I feel like in this <laughs> film, this isn't a film about a person announcing that they're coming. And then a bunch of people meeting up to try and deal with that threat. This is a story of a threat that done happened. And whoever happens to be in the vicinity can work on it. But when Thanos decides to like disapparate from wherever he is and go somewhere else, there isn't time to fucking pull out a pager and like text somebody, right? This is this <laughs> pull out my flip phone. <laughs> this is this is a thing where like, oh, he's over here doing this. Like, if you like this is gonna be a dumb comparison, but in one of the fa- the, the Fast and the Furious film that ends on the runway, right? Mm-hmm. Like we tried to like do mental backflips and say like, well, what if all of these things were happening at once, and it wasn't really a plane going down a runway for twelve minutes? It was actually two minutes of runway, and all of these things were happening at the same time. I can sort of mentally backflip to that. Like imagine if like nobody had time to call anybody because everyone was just fighting. That's what this film is, and I think it works incredibly well. And um, yes, there are certain people that play a bigger role than other people, but that's what's going to happen when you don't get a chance to just assemble because everybody broke up in Civil War, right? Like it, it's it's a thing where it pays off both the the Civil War that happened and the fact that all these people desperately want to save everyone. Um, so I I I thought it was I thought it was a brilliant superhero film that pays off all the effort we've put in for the last 18 films up until now. And I'm, I almost went and resaw it last night. So I, I saw it, I saw it Sunday. Is that why you asked what showing I was going to? <laughs> no, I wasn't going to try to crash <laughs> your showing. I was just here. He, honestly, this is the only reason I didn't see it. I, I, I was like, I'm going to, I was like, I could go see it. Yeah, I'm going to go see it again. And I looked up and I was like, oh, but I still haven't seen You Were Never Really Here. And I was like, if I'm going to see a movie, I should see a movie that I missed while we were at Tribeca. And then I was like, oh, but I also haven't watched the last episode of Westworld, <laughs> of Westworld <laughs> or the last episode of Silicon Valley. So it's kind of like I had too many things that like I didn't know when I was going to get to watch. So I was like, OK, I'll, I'll figure out when I can see Infinity War again. But I'll, for now, I'll just go, I'll stay home and watch these other things. So here's the thing about your assessment of Infinity War. I don't disagree with anything except for the adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it, it is the culmination of all of that. And this is paying off what the other movies were setting up. And it is giving you, it is cutting away all of the let's build to some future movie. And it is giving you only instead the the climax and the problem to me is it's like a super cut of porn clips it's all climax and (laughs) it turns out that gets really 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 not boring this movie isn't boring it gets numbing after a while like i felt numbed by this movie because it's two and a half hours where there are only three scenes that don't matter 
that's too much mattering for me. Like, I can't have that much matter in one movie. You're saying you don't have control of the matter stone? No, I don't have the matter stone. <laughs> I mean, I I'll, I slightly disagree with that because I didn't find it numbing. I mean, I, I, um, I wasn't bored during this. Like, mm-hmm. I just was... It was just the same, you know? Like, I, in Civil Bro and Winter Soldier, I was actively bored. I wanted to leave. Like really just not digging it um this i was i didn't feel numb i didn't you know even though there were a lot of the th- th- uh, pro- same problems that that were in those two other movies you know we got a lot of up close shaky camp fighting and it's just a very you know it's like you said it's, it's just a kind of a, this bland blob of thing but at least like i think just for the pure fact that we've got all of these characters together something is happening that is is keeping my interest you know yeah, like, when i say and when i say numb it like isn't a synonym for bored it, it's something else it's like a yeah i mean I, this I mean, is entertaining is a... and i get why it's entertaining and it's all blending together into like one soup and i don't i don't know what is propelling me through it anymore i'm just like but, in this soup of I... like a bunch of entertainment so, so here's here's my so I think this is the first time that the assembling means something. So like when Avengers came out, it was like all these separate superheroes as a team. Isn't that cool? But they were kind of not really a team. It was really a story. of It was it was basically it's a it's a micro story of the same thing of Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like Guardians of the Galaxy one was about us learning. We are a Groot and <laughs> Avengers one was about us learning. We are Avengers, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I think that these these films have been like putting people together but not necessarily making them a cohesive team and i think that this film is really about these people it's not just a bunch of heroes who are working as a team who each have to do the thing that they do best like in avengers one there's that scene where captain america is like i'm a great leader i'm gonna tell you what, what each of you should do and then they all do the thing that they're good at and all of them doing the thing that they're good at leads to an eventual goal this is a film where like if any like it's a bunch of people doing the best they can, hoping that it all adds up to something. Not like you do the leader thing, you do the fly and push a nuke into a whole thing. And like, it's a thing where it's like, nobody knows how to beat Thanos because Thanos is too fucking powerful and he's only getting more and more powerful the more the film goes on. And it's, it's them dealing with an unstoppable foe, but they are not unstoppable themselves. And I think that the stakes are there and it's really incredible. I mean, if I, it's, it feels I don't know I, I it's I no I mean I I agree with that this, this is one of those movies the only Avengers movie that I can think of where Black Widow running into action with everyone else doesn't feel kind of silly because it is just like safety in numbers like the more of us there are the more can distract and maybe one of us is going to strike gold right yeah yeah and I I think from an action standpoint you're right that that makes more sense it feels more overwhelming like a like a war movie where you're like. I don't know, everybody just charge that way and maybe one of us will survive to get close enough to do something. You know, I agree with with you, Chris, that the um I'm I like I like the pacing in the movie. I like that they drop us right in. I like that it that it never lets up. You know, we're constant there's constant momentum, which I think was missing from the other team up movies. You know, we're not in the fucking UN every other five minutes. People talking, boring stuff like that. Um, I uh, 
yeah, I, I just think that the, the movie is so big and they have to cut back and forth between all these different characters and stuff that it does feel a little weird. It feels a little well, wonky, but I don't think that's the movie's fault because, like I said, it's a big-ass movie. Yeah, it's the so, conceit's fault, I think. But, but, but the, the, so, so, <laughs> so this is the first time where when the film is not including other members of the teams, it's obvious why they're not because there's no time. Like when uh, when Thanos arrives at a place un like when the people are not prepared for it, there's not like oh excuse me uh Mr Thanos uh can you please hold on one <laughs> second let me call let me call my friends and see if they they're willing to come hang out with us and help fight you. It's just a thing where he freaking warps in and goes like yo give me that stone. No, I mean, I, I, that's, I, that's what I agree with the, the forward momentum of the whole movie. It's just, it keeps going and going. Like there's no downtime. Yeah. yeah I, I just mean that I, I want to praise the fact that like, there's been other films where like, well, why didn't they just like other films will like Paul Rudd will say like, why don't we call the Avengers? <laughs> and then right, like, we just right. have to assume the Avengers are doing something more important for this week period of time that this film takes place or whatever it is. But yeah. in this film, it's like, no, this thing came, we hopped on it, and now we're there. Only the people who are there can deal with the thing that's here. Let's try to figure out what's going on. Like, it, it just feels, it feels more authentic that other people are not there, that nobody went to Hawkeye's farm and said, hey, Hawkeye, can you come over here and shoot some arrows for us? Like, there's, yeah, it, it just feels more organically leaving people out here and there because it's just a thing where something happened. I mean, I can't, understand why Heimdall or whatever his name is would choose to shoot one person through the Bifrost but not somebody else through the Bifrost things like that don't make sense but I mean in 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 general I I I think that like it the fact that certain people don't exist at certain places in in space makes a hundred percent sense and I'm totally on board with the having to cut back and forth and the fact that just fucking Thanos can just go wherever he wants because he's got a space stone. So I, I agree with all that. And without spoilers, it's going to be hard to say more. I, I agree with the forward momentum. This is a manic-paced movie because Thanos can be anywhere at any moment. And the moment he arrives, he is immediately the most powerful thing ever. There is no... There is no, like, strategizing by Thanos in this movie of, like, a game of chess where both sides can prepare. There's just like, a, oh, now he wants to be here. We're all doomed, yeah. you know? I, I totally get that. I I think spoilers are the only way I can describe why it all still feels numb to me yeah. somehow. And and I, I yeah, so, we, we, so we, we can do that in just a moment. I just want to say a few more very quick things, hopefully. Um, I... Not all of them, but on the whole, as a group, I really liked the Children of Thanos. I thought they were they were very interesting people for our heroes to deal with during given points in time. Kind um, of like the Bizarro Seinfeld episode where they, each person meets their Bizarro double. I mean, sort of. I mean, you could argue that some of the characters have some more of that, but but yeah, I, I think that like they were. Once again, it goes to stakes. Like they're meeting people. They're not even fighting the big bad yet. They're just fighting the big bad's henchmen. Um, I assume children is a metaphorical term. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, like it's something that's already scary. Like they're having to give their all just to try to fail to match wits with these people who are not even the big bad. And I, I think it just set a, a tone of desperation. And and 
once again, I'll reiterate it. I said it already. I think Tony Hart, Tony Hart, Tony Stark is <laughs> Tony like Tony, Tony, <laughs> Tony Stark. I think is the heart of this franchise, and I think that his character, I, I, I just latch onto him through <laughs> but all these films. He doesn't have a heart. He has Not, a heart. He just has a thing that keeps shrapnel from him. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, but no, no, but but I think that like at any point in time where I think it's getting muddy, I watch Tony Stark and how he feels about what he's going through and it makes it all like it, it, it's hard for me to feel muddied about it. Like I think that if you look at the journey he's gone on from the beginning, he's the one character who's not doing things out of this is my character type. Uh, this is my, like, I'm like Captain America is always like, I'm the guy who does good. So let me do the thing that I think is good. Like Tony is, has a, from, from the beginning of the series has been the guy who regrets everything he has brought on this world and has done nothing, but try to make sure he can try to help every single person who he can to make up for what he brought upon the world way back in the day. Mm -hmm. And that's why you get things like. This, like the technology that he at like he's not just a guy who's trying to make himself super badass. He's building things that help the team in ways that are that become important and make those characters even m more awesome. Like Tony and Spider Man are the things that like make me the most excited about this franchise. Oh, and, I agree. And they I agree. get the best parts of this movie, and it's like maybe I have a bias towards those two characters, but like they all of every single thing that happens in this film how it connects to those two characters makes me love what happened. And maybe if I didn't like those characters as much or I didn't see so much in who they were, I would like this film less. But I just feel like it's it's just so well done that it's it's really awesome. Yeah. So cool. Um, so we should probably get into spoilers. Um, we will Was do that 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, yes. We, we so so we will do we'll do our verdicts. Oh god. We'll close out the show for the people who I mean, I feel like everybody's seen this movie, right? Yeah, but, who who um, hasn't? It broke the fucking record, man. So should we just do verdict and then do the spoilers and then close out the show at the end? Sure. Okay. So for now, we're gonna do verdicts. Stephen Miller, if you're gonna give us the must see, record with the caveat, wait for until pass at the caveat or a must avoid, what would you give it? So I'm being inconsistent because by my old metric, this would easily be a recommend with a caveat because that's what I was giving to like Marvel movies that I felt like were totally serviceable and just didn't grip me. I'm shifting now to the like film festival and post metric of like, <laughs> did I really like this or was it just okay? And in my mind, grading on the Marvel curve, this was just okay. So I'm going rental. <laughs> uh Carson well, Patrick. I'm not gonna. I'm it? not gonna torture Chris and have him uh, just post a like a shrug emoji or something. But um, yeah, I think for me, I I would also have to go wait for rental to be in the middle because that's where I stand. Um, if I had but, any, so so hold on. If I had any sort of caveat, let me finish. If I had any sort of caveat, I would say, if someone said, you know, hey, like. What's up with Infinity Branch? I'd be like, yeah, you know, this is me, whatever. Um, but you got to go see it. You still got to go see it in the theater. It's mm -hmm. a culmination. It's like, if you've made it this far, you got to go see this one. I mean, it's kind of like with me in Game of Thrones. Like, I was, I was out like two seasons ago, but I'm going to watch the last fucking season. Like, I've made it this far. 
I'm going to stick through it and watch the final season. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop, you know, at now. So, um, not to say that Game of Thrones is a bad show. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to do a hot take. Just saying. <laughs> I, I heard cricket, so nobody was getting on, on in on that. So I'm just saying. I, I'm only one season in so far. Don't, don't at <laughs> don't don't at me, bro. Um. So any, but like, yeah, like if you've made it this far, you might you got you might as well go see this one. I mean, come on. Um. But I, I so, agree with that too. It's why the system is broken. So let me and let me also say let me also say for the love of God. You better just put wait for rental on the review page. If there's like a, 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 a you know, apostrophe of a parenthetical, <laughs> parenthetical. Thank you. Thank you. I've gotten a lot dumber over the years. Um, there's parenthetical with all that other stuff. Uh, you know, holy Christ. Holy uh, Christ. Uh, so, 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 so grading on the curve of the spectacle of this film. I, I think you guys can agree that if you're going to see this movie at all. It, you shouldn't wait for the rental. No, right? sure, of course. No, you yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You gotta go see it in theaters for sure. But for me, it's a wait for rental because that is where I'm doing the movie rating equivalent of voting for like Jill Stein or something. I'm just trying <laughs> to say, guys, if this is all I get to do to tell you, guys, I'm trying to pick the movie. lesser of two evils here. <laughs> um, no, I'm just I like. You know, our system, that's the middle. Obviously, I would, wouldn't wait for this to come on into a rental. I would I would say, like, yeah, you got to go see it. Even my brother, like, I thought he was trolling me, but he still hasn't seen the movie. And I was like, have you seen it yet? And he was just like, no, I'm not going to go see it. And I was like, dude, fucking 10 years of mo- You can't just, you can't bitch out on this one. Like, come on. <laughs> like, I know Wait for that- Ant-Man to skip yeah, one. There's yeah. plenty of films you could have bitched out on. Yeah, come on. You don't bitch like- out on fucking Thanos. Yeah, I was like, dude, come on, like, don't be a, don't be a fool, like, you... Yeah, don't put a bottom in this bottomless phenosis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, you know, like I said in the beginning, it is what it is, it's completely fine. The audience I saw it with ate it the fuck up, like, to the point where I was almost like, alright, this is, this is a little overkill, guys, like, come on. Like, Stan Lee cameo, we get it. He's my my audience. You could hear crickets during the Stanley Cameron. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it was like nobody noticed or cared. Ugh. Oh man! Well, dude, when I saw Poor it, for shame. I I swear to God, I swear to God, the the biggest applause was the Stanley cameo, and the very first um, uh, appearance of Sebastian Stan as Bucky. So it was mm-hmm. all the well, stands. Yeah, it I'm was, sure there's a different kind of like thing that. Flew no. through the audience during it was, that. It was all the Stan stands. It was the Stanley stands, the Sebastian stands. There's a there was a moment in this movie with Rocket and Bucky where I swear to God, it sounded like this girl was in a horror movie. She shrieked so loud, like just bloody murder. And I was like, man, this the Sebastian stands are out again. Still, fuck Bucky. I'm still on that train. I don't care. He showed up. He was like, he was like with the cows. I was like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm over it. Like, I don't care. Like Sebastian Stan, I love you like in any other movie, but with the hair, with the Bucky hair, I'm out, man. I'm out. That was the worst part of Black Panther. It was this dumb post credit scene. One guy clapped and I was like, fuck you. And that was it. Like, this is the word. They could have, really? That's that's enough to call Derek and see if he could bash in their knee. (laughs) Anyway, um, it's good that Sebastian Stan's mom was in the audience, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, man, that's just that's just how it is. Like, it is what it is. It's it's here. Yeah, you know what, Carson? It is what it is. I'm always because Stephen agrees. Stephen agrees. My life is unchanged. Like I'm just not in it like everyone else, and that's fine. You know, like I'm just I'm more Iron Man three. Okay, best movie of 2013, if you recall. I recall. Oh, I retro, recall. retro. Um, yeah, like you know, that's just how it is. Christopher Schnaisley, if you could give this. A must, a must see. see. It's a must yeah. see. What is this fucking guy's playing for? This film is a must see. Um, and with that, that is the end of the spoiler free review. Oh. Normally, before spoilers, we'd close up the show, but we're just assuming everybody has seen this film and you're going to stick with us for spoilers. So we are just going to have music playing right now. And then um, when that music fades out and is done going, Uh, when that's all done, we will be back and we'll be talking full-blown spoilers for Avengers Infinity War. So be prepared because oh. Thanos is going to punch you in the face, probably snap his fingers too. So, And he doesn't like spoilers. Oh, hell no. All right. So we are back. This is spoiler territory. This is the after part of our review of Avengers Infinity War. Stephen Miller, you seem to be very vocal about things that you wanted to say that you couldn't say until we were in the spoiler section. So I'm going to pass to you and uh, have you get to like some of your complaints and nitpicks that require spoilers. Yeah. So the main issue I have with this movie is that it's so good. Thanos' <laughs> plan is to wipe out half the universe. Thanos is an extremely, extremely powerful, I would say overpowered villain. Yeah. Anyone he goes up against, he can annihilate them. There's one moment toward the end of the movie where it appears that uh, Tony Stark and the heroes that are with him on Titan might be able to stop him. It, it's brief. For the most part, this whole movie is operating under the assumption that if Thanos gets to you, you're dead. End of story. And people die in this movie. There are a few deaths. There's the death of Loki early on. Like the, uh, the very first thing that happens in the film? Yeah. There's the <coughs> death of Gamora. Is that her name? Yeah, yeah Gamora. Yeah. Uh, there's the death of Vision at the end of this movie. Um, I think you mean Viz. Yeah, okay. Viz, excuse me. Yeah. His pet name, Viz. Um, <laughs> that's what Scarlet Witch calls him. Oh, okay. Those you, deaths... You remember that? That was so funny. I, I, the, the, those, I, I don't actually hear her speak when she talks. I just Oh, you're just ripping out too hard. <laughs> <laughs> right. those, I just go, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, the, these are deaths that are given weight in the movie. And they would be given weight in a movie where I believe for w- one second that rules apply. But because Thanos is so powerful... Because he has the rule glove, basically. Yeah, because Thanos are so, is so powerful, he can do anything. He can kill anyone. And at the end of this movie, he destroys half the universe. And they decided to make him destroy the half that we know absolutely they will not commit to. 
They will not commit to Black Panther not being there. They're not going to commit to Tom Holland's Spider-Man not being there. The the filmmakers decided to tell us at the end of this movie, by the way, something's going to happen that could make none of this mean anything anymore. So he, Somebody's going to rewind time. Somebody's going to bring people back to life. This thing that you think is death is not going to be death anymore. And that really bothers me because it, it made me feel so much weight for what was going on only to tell me, by the way, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. The rules don't necessarily apply. You can't trust anything. It is like the lost ending. I think like your lost analogy is perfect. Yeah. Because it ended in a way that said, by the way, nothing you just saw mattered necessarily. So, so here's guys, do you think Doctor Strange is gonna get the dagger in the next one? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and what does Call the back dagger to our very do? First episode where all three of us were together. What does turns the dagger back do? Time. It turns so, back so here, time. Here's 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 the thing though. First of all, you're correct. Mm-hmm. I have the same complaint that you have. The first of all, A or one, because I don't remember which one I'm going to say second. Uh, the first point I'd like to make is that none of us have read comics. <laughs> These comics, at least related to this story. Yeah, so everything I'm, I'm we're going to talk about. I'm glad we didn't about, get Cliff Notes, Chris, on this one. I I I, I just <laughs> I just want to say that like like all things that we are about to say are all based on us as film watchers not having prior knowledge. Like I had known that in the comics, Thanos snaps his finger and kills half of all the people. Um, I, so I, I kind of, I I knew that as a thing. I didn't know whether we were actually going to get that in the films, whatever it is. doesn't matter. I had that little bit of knowledge, but like for the most part, we don't know how things worked in the comics. We're just watching this as film goers. The second thing I want to say is I, I have the same problem, but this is a problem that I am, half able to separate myself from like watching the film i know like we know that there are films in the works we know there's another black panther film happening so when t'challa disappears we know that can't be a permanent thing so first of all because everything happens with the snap and it's the glove we know that somebody else can theoretically snap the glove and bring everybody Mm -hmm. back like it's just a thing that like we know can be undone so that so in the world of comic book rules, we know that something can fix this problem. So that lessens it a little bit. We know that there are films already in the works with dates assigned to them with these characters so they can't be gone forever. Mm-hmm. So that lessens it a little bit. But we have things like Spider-Man realizing he's disappearing, which is fucking phenomenal. Like he, I like if you can at least separate yourself from the knowledge that he's going to be back because he's going to make another movie and he will be back in the future. The fact back to the future, by the way, another thing where people start to disappear true, and it doesn't have the weight of a real death because you know, it's going to be resolved by the end. But, but like in the context of him, like when he hugs Stark and he's just like, fuck, it's a good character moment. Like it's, it's amazing. Like I almost cried. Like I was like, "Fuck!" Because like Tom Holland, you're great. Like he is. I, I think it was amazing, but I didn't come close to crying because I was so aware that it would be reversed. Yeah, it, it I, didn't I, feel I, like I, a so thing I, that meant anything. So I know it will be. Re- so so that that's the real. That, this is the real thing I want. I want to get to, which is a branching off point from that, and then we can come back to the fact that it is reversible. The Stark moment before this moment, it is. It is the recreation of the Civil Bro moment where he's fighting at the end. Stark is giving his all because he knows that if he doesn't give every bit of effort to try to stop Thanos, Thanos will win. 
when Stark is stabbed through like the the rib cage by his own blade that he generated from his nanoparticles, and he gets stabbed, I sat up in my chair and I said, "Oh shit, they're gonna do it." This is the greatest movie that's ever been made. I wanted them to do <laughs> like, that, by I, the way. I, I really wanted them to do and, that. And that moment is like when I was like, you're really going to kill Tony. And this is before the snap. This yeah. is before Thanos does a thing that is reversible. You might actually have the fucking balls to kill Tony early enough that it is permanent and means something. And then and he then, showed up in a cafe at the end, and, and then <laughs> Alfred and then, was there. No, no, shut your mouth, Carson. <laughs> and then fucking Doctor Stephen Strange. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Goes, spare his life, and I will give you the stone. And I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Also, and, it's always lupus. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, uh, sometimes it's rhabdo. Yeah. Um, but so when that happened, I was very annoyed because I thought this film had the balls to do the thing that would be the most like I've I've spent this whole review talking about how Tony Stark is the linchpin to this entire series for me that I think he's the most important character. And I have sort of somewhat come around on that result because like after listening to some things that some other podcasters have said about things, I'm kind of buying into the theory that like. There's, there's a scene in the film where Doctor Strange does his little like yoga pose and he's looking at eventual possibilities and he's like, I looked at like a billion possibilities and there's only one where we succeed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the uh, the uh, build a bridge to a better future stance of like trying to err on the side of this film doing it good and assume that the only eventuality that Strange found where they win, Tony Stark is alive. Yeah. And that he had to choose to give up the stone to save Tony's life because if there is a single eventuality where they beat Thanos and Tony's alive in it, he can't let Tony die. I'm able to sort of go like, cool, at least they covered it. But I want Tony to be there in every film ever. But I wanted him to die in that moment because it was so impactful. And it was the way Tony was going to go out giving his all. This wasn't just the person who's like, I believe in morals and I'm fighting the moral evil. It was a person who was like desperately trying his best to work for everything that he possibly could to try to take this guy out and just succumbing to the inability to defeat this thing. And I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest moment in this entire series. And then they backpedaled from it. And it, 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 to me, that scene backpedaling from is worse than my knowledge that somebody can snap their fingers with the second glove that that uh, Dinkeldorf made and yeah. <laughs> and oh, can just... I, dude, I love uh, Force Perspective Peter Dinklage in this. <laughs> down, no, down with that. I laughed when he showed up, but no, I just, I just mean that like when 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 they go to him, you see that he made two gauntlets, and even yeah. though Thanos like seemingly destroys the gauntlet in his snap, I yes. I. Like, I assume the next film is like, let's go get the second gauntlet so we can unsnap this. And then they're going to find, like, the sister stones that we didn't know existed or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, but I, I, I just, I, I think for me, I'm able to sort of sidestep. Like, I, I understand from a writing standpoint that I have to try to divorce myself from the fact that I understand the real world and the production side of the things that are being done. And I can forgive the fact that I understand that 
what was done can be undone. But the Tony thing, him dying, would have been a hundred percent real. And also, this is like I think from the, from the from the moment they introduced Tony, the relationship between Tony and Spider Man, they have been setting up this idea of passing the torch to Spider Man from Tony. Mm-hmm. Like Spider Man, uh, Peter Parker, Tom Holland is like young Tony Stark. Like he's the smart techno guy. He's got the suit. Everything about Tony's technology added plus Spider Man makes Spider Man way cooler. And I think that like if they would have just killed Tony and passed the buck to Spider-Man, this film would have been, I'm doing the little Italian kiss your fingers thing. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree. It would have been good. But here, so first, I I totally agree. I think they should have killed Tony. I do want to say, even if there were no knowledge of real world production schedules, I think this movie it kind of chickened out in the sense that it chose to kill with the snap. So I'll put kill in quotes to like separate it from people who were killed, killed with like a blade or something else. It chose to do that almost exclusively to the characters who the film itself, or at least the franchise has set up to be clearly not killable. Like, Mm -hmm. None of the legacy people. It it didn't snap but, Thor away. So it didn't snap Tony yeah, away. So it's the it, like the original lineup is still standing, which so, I feel so like the, is going to play into the next one where they. Well, I mean, so so I, I feel like I won't say, but there's there's been some stuff you know where that they're clearly utilizing the the turning back of time and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's just. So I agree, the writers can't help the fact that there is a production schedule that is known, but I feel like they steered into it as if to say, don't worry, everybody, you're all going to be fine. And to me, that is the biggest chickening out of the movie. If they if they had killed Tony, if they had made the characters that disappeared been a truly 50-50 split, so have like Thor disappear, have Hulk disappear, right? I would have maybe felt like, oh, good, this is a good cliffhanger. And yeah, I probably believe they're going to undo it. But at least in the narrative of the movie, like I get what is going on. So here's the problem is I know on a meta level, there's like there there is way more things that let me know people have to live than let me know people could be dead. And that is so as we said, the production schedule, there's the like who are the core people who are the people who we have been following. There's also the who can actually fight Thanos Thanos moving forward right like the only people who came close to even being able to hurt him have to make it otherwise how are they possibly going to defeat him it's like mm-hmm. a thing where it's like like and that's the other thing too that they, they, they don't do which obviously they can't do it wouldn't make sense for them to do from a story standpoint but I mean if it's a real 50-50 split and Thanos is really truly objectively we are all better if half of us are gone there has to be a 50% chance that Thanos dies when he snaps his finger, right? There has to be a universe in which Thanos says, and done, and doesn't make it. And they See, would... that's a way more interesting idea than the movie had. Yeah, yeah but, but I, I, I just think that like the film was obviously not going to do that, but like that has to be a possibility. So really, in any scene where there were people, half of the people in that location should die. Not cut to scene where all of the people disappear. Like... It, like I mean, I know statistically it can be all of the people in one group and none of the people in another group as long as there's 50. But it just seems like there has to be a world where he snaps his fingers, Thanos himself passes away, <laughs> and 
literally every other person that you see on screen dies. Um, but the film didn't do that. It's obvious why it didn't. But like, it's just one of those things where I think the emotional impact of the event still worked for me. Like the way the characters react to the realization that it happened. Like I think, I think Thor, like he snaps his fingers. There's that flash and Thor's like, what did you do? And like people haven't disappeared yet, but he's just like, what did you do? And then that's when like people start disapparating and he's just like, fuck. And that's when everybody is like, shit. And I think like Spider-Man's reaction to him starting to disappear and Tony's reaction to Spider-Man disappearing are just like, oh, I'm there. You got me. I know this is all going to be reversed, but you nailed the emotion of these individual moments. So anyway, the the second half of that that I wanted to say is the fact that they didn't kill Tony bummed me out. But leading up to that moment, I already felt like they wouldn't. There was something about the whole film where because Thanos is so big and the stakes are so high and he is unstoppable and he's just demonstrating how unstoppable he is, I was already braced for the feeling that it's like when you when you think about infinity, right? You can't grasp it. Your brain just goes like, "I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't understand the idea of an infinity, right?" Um, or you like, you think about ten trillion dollars as it compares to five dollars, and you're <laughs> like, "That's a big number." I stopped, I stopped counting after like two million. I don't know any bigger numbers than that. Um, Thanos is so powerful here, and the world is in such danger. To me, it flatlines again into none of these things can actually come to pass because the stakes are way too high for them to come to pass. So I I can't feel it. Like it, it has to be a little smaller for me to actually be able to feel the weight of anything. Otherwise, I just feel like, of course, this has to be reversed. Whatever threat will happen will either be undone by some random event in the third act or it's going to be like rewound in part two. This- and I can't turn that off like to me this is an escalation of the problem that all the other avengers movies had of the blue thing shooting from the sky or the uh first the country was threatened and now the world is threatened and now the universe is going to be threatened and that the more the stakes pile on the harder i can the harder it is to personify who is being threatened anymore and when it's half of the universe i just can't feel it anymore but so, so, so for, for me, one of the things that we didn't talk, I, now I'm kicking myself for not talking about this more um, pre-spoilers, is the powers that the stones bestow upon Thanos. And I think for me, it's, it's immediately apparent how dangerous Thanos is when he just has two stones, when he has the power stone and he has the space stone. Um, I think those are the first two, right? Yeah, I think um, so. I think, and especially once he gets the reality stone, it's like, fuck, this is game over, right? Like, it's there's not really much you can do against. It's one of those things where the person can best you at anything that you do. Your only hope is to, like, create a buffer overflow where he just can't deal with all those things fast enough to allow him. But, like, the fact that he can just, like, squeeze his fist and if you, like, if you were going to do, like, in theory... in theory, if Thor was about to throw his hammer at him, once the hammer is, has been thrown, apparently it's fucking godlike or whatever, so it would just hit him. But if Thanos squeezes his fist before Thor lets go of the hammer, Thor just simply cannot let go of the hammer. 
because he uses the power stone to keep his hand clenched around the hammer and like he just doesn't throw it right like there there is something so powerful about what the glove bestows upon thanos that like I, I everybody could just die at any moment right it's a thing that like i i know that they can't because this is a movie and they're heroes so they can't die but like i i immediately felt the danger even from the moment when loki tries to stab thanos in the neck and like thanos just like he doesn't dodge it. He just goes like, uh, and just stops that, uh, stops, stops Loki from being able to thrust the knife forward using the power stone. And I think that like, there are so many moments like that where you're just like, Jesus, like there's nothing to do. Like these are characters fighting a person they know they cannot defeat, but they know they have to fight him. And like everybody could die at any moment. Like it just, it felt like even, even going back to him reversing time to bring vision back so he can steal a stone. Like, did you not like was that not impactful? I saw it coming already. No, it wasn't impactful. But 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 I mean the other characters real life, like that that's the thing is this film is a fight between what you know has to happen and seeing the characters realize what just happened. Like obviously you're like well there's no way they're going to destroy all of this like any of the stones because he's got to get it. like so you know it's going to happen. But like when the characters are like oh, we did it. I had to sacrifice my boyfriend to like make sure that he couldn't get the stone. And he just goes like Thanos doesn't even react. He doesn't even go like no and do like a Wolverine, like claws in the air type of scream uh, or like a Vader scream. He just goes like, cool, turn back time, pluck the stone from vision's face, pluck into the thing. And everybody's just like, fuck. <laughs> like it, it's basically like if I can, if I can pull a, uh, uh, a Steven, or not a Steven, if I can pull a Carson and just spoil an old, old movie. Uh, there's a scene at the end of... Uh, the one where the train heads toward the camera. <laughs> nice. <laughs> not that old. But no, at the end the of... The one where uh, the guy shoots the gun right at the camera, too? <laughs> at the end of Vanilla Sky, there's a scene where... Uh, where, uh, what's his name? The, 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 the dude. Um, somebody's trying to prove <laughs> they're <Cruise>. real. <laughs> no, no, not Tom Cruise. The... Um, uh, the guy who escapes from L.A. <laughs> What's his name? Kurt, Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. <laughs> At the end of that film, Kurt Russell is trying to prove that he's real and not a figment of Tom Cruise's imagination. Not a planet. And yes. he's like, he's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm real. I have, I have two kids. And like Tom Cruise is like, what are their names? And he like goes, uh, uh, I'm real. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> Star Lord and uh, yeah. Anyways, but like in that moment, it's like a character completely defeated just being like I, I don't know just trust that i'm real like and i feel like this film is like that it's just people who are just like i just I, I, he's fuck i can't i can't can't do anything like this it's done like this is it but they still fight him anyways right mm -hmm. and i think that like there's something really meaningful about that like this person has won we will never defeat him but we are going to die trying to defeat him and I think the fact that if a character dies before this moment of snapping the fingers happens, they will be dead. I think that adds some sort of weight to the film. But I mean, we don't actually know that. We're assuming now that that's true. I don't think Gamora's dead. I think she's going to come If they back. bring back Gamora, then fuck this I think she's in series. the Soul Stone. I feel like that's like how the stone works, maybe, is that people just get swapped out. But anyway, that, that's my theory. Um I, I don't like Carson. That. I don't like that theory at all. Carson, you have made fun of Thanos 
uh, <laughs> the fat purple Gungan. Oh yeah, for so long. <laughs> This movie, if it has any through line, it is Thanos. He definitely gets more screen time and more emotional time than anyone else. How did you feel about Josh Brolin's Thanos in this movie? Uh, I will say that I'm I'm totally content with only reviewing Josh Brolin movies from here on out. Um, <laughs> we, we got a lot of them, so coming up. Uh, I did like when Thanos was about to crush Benicio... I was like, can't wait for Sicario 2, man. Um, <laughs> Thanos, Deo Soldado. <laughs> we have to Infinity War on who? Everyone. 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 Half of everyone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get Also, dirty. side note. Side note, I was in a theater. I told Steven this, but this is just for Carson and for the listeners. I was in a theater, and they played the trailer for uh, Soldado, Day of Soldado. Yeah. Sicario 2, Day of Soldado. Yes. And this guy, who I don't know what date he was on with this girl, but he turned to this girl and he was like, huh, that's Spanish. What? <laughs> wow. Man, he slayed, I'm sure. <laughs> it was pretty great. I'm sure he anyways, slayed that night. So was Thanos as bad as you were saying he was going to be from all of the trailers? Um, Vis- visually, like, were you, did you eventually come around to like his presence as a physical thing in space? Yeah, I. I'm trying to. I th- accept your apology. I I got used to the fact that I didn't like how he looked. Um, I thought that Josh Brolin was was good. I thought that anyone could have played that part, though. Um, anyone intimidating, you know, um, just because, you know, he had the Josh Brolin face, but you and know, he had a Josh Brolin sadness and this movie definitely played on that a little bit. Yeah. I was definitely bummed that he didn't make everybody hot shots at the end, but, <laughs> uh, no, but for real, like I thought Thanos, I mean, I know he's supposed to be this way, but I thought he was like, first of all, I didn't think he was scary or intimidating. And secondly, I, he was just like mopey the whole movie. I mean, I know he's got reasons to be, but it was just like, uh, what's up? All right, I'm here. He sounded like Chris in the party's just beginning episode. It was like <laughs> so just a downer the whole movie. And it's like, I know you got to kill your daughter. I mean, they both like have that. problems with Karen Gillan, apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I don't yeah. have problems with Karen Gill. I have problems with Karen Gill's motivations for making that movie. <laughs> right. She's great. You know, uh, Christopher, Nol- Christopher Nolan has never entered anyone's dreams either, but yet he made a movie about it. So, <laughs> you know, you know, he didn't have a personal connection to Dunkirk, but he did make it. Um, but no, like I like he looked and this is what I said. You know, you guys know that this is what I said before. He looked silly. And I, I thought that his his cronies, uh, his children look silly too. I was I I was very relieved when, I was very relieved when uh, Downey called the one dude Squidward. Yeah, that was because great. It, that was because that's what he, he, <laughs> was pretty great. He fucking looked like a silly goon, like and he's that like that guy was badass though. I love that character. Like, I know, I thought but he was a great really, foil for Doctor Strange. He was badass. He seemed like a Guillermo del Toro monster, didn't he? He oh. did a little bit, but but I mean, I I love the idea of a 
he, very unintimidating person with a lot of power who yeah. can be formidable simply because he knows how much power he has. Like I, I, I thought, I, I liked him. I don't know. He was making me giggle. Also, like, did it, he have an invertible penis? I don't. I don't know. I, the Squidward line was my one laugh out loud in the movie. I, yeah. I was did, the only did, person who laughed, and I laughed very loudly. Did you not laugh at uh, uh, Star Lord trying to fake the voice of Thor? Oh, dude, I, I ch- laughed I at all of that. that shit, man. Well, that's the thing is that, and I didn't want to allude to it earlier. Was that all the stuff in space? I loved. It was great. Like that is because, and that was where I think my biggest problem with the movie lies is that. They kind of they kind of shot themselves in the foot because they put all the at least my favorite, but they put all the charismatic characters together in space, and then they put all the ones where I didn't care about on the ground in Earth, and so like, anytime- like who cares about Vision? Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like this movie wanted me to care about Vision all and, of a sudden, and like I said, and like I said before. I, I, I love all the Black Panther characters, but they didn't get anything to do in this. Like, they got mm-hmm. the shaft, basically. The, the the sad thing is you can replace the, the term all the charismatic characters with the term all the characters who could possibly fight Thanos. Yeah, but... Uh, no, but Scarlet th- Witch th- could fight Thanos, I think. But they I mean, really were... Clearly she couldn't. They really were pretty much all the best, like, character. You got You got the two Sherlocks facing off. You got Tom Holland doing his thing. You got all the Guardians... Uh, you got Thor together, you know, with with Rocket and Groot, um, and then down on the ground, it was just like I don't care, like I don't care about Bucky, I don't care about Captain America and all them. Like Mark so, Ruffalo, fine, but he was just like, oh, oh, I'm gonna spoil the movie, and I don't know, he was just doing his thing. He was just like erectile dysfunction commercial, <laughs> yeah. joke, which was funny. Like I thought, I thought that comparison was funny. Like I, I chuckled at it, but right. It was so clearly a comparison. To, like that had to be part of the humor of it. He like has performance anxiety. All the big laughs and stuff came like you know mostly from the the space setting and and the interaction between like Chris Pratt and Robert Downey Jr. and and Beacom and Tom Holland. Um, all those. I mean, that was that was just a lot of fun. Like anytime they weren't cutting back to them, I was kind of like, man, I want to get back to space to see what they're up to. Because um, all that stuff was was great. I liked all of that stuff. And I will say that um, I do agree that Tom Hollins definitely gave the best death performance. Um, I was I, I didn't you know tear up or anything because I was like, well, we got Spider Man Homecoming two next year. Um, but it yeah, can't be called Spider Man Homecoming two, right? Well, you know, you know what I mean. Call it Spider Man Prom at least. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man Prom. <laughs> um. Yeah, but but yeah, like he was selling it. Like he Maybe sold he's it. dating a younger girl. I mean, it could be homecoming too. <laughs> um uh Spider-Man working title. But uh yeah, no, like he he totally sold it. When he was dying, I was like I I he convinced me that I was like, "Oh shit. He might actually stay dead." But then I remember I, that. I assume that was the performance he gave when he read the script where he disappeared. He's like, "Oh, no, I I, I can't I can't disappear. No. <laughs> I love this character." Um, but the other two moments that I, that I will give, uh, the audience in, and, and saying like, okay, that was a, an applause worthy moment. Uh, one was Groot cutting off his arm and it turns into the blade for the new hammer. I was like, all right, I'll, 
I was like, I'll give you that. That was cool. And then when I'm the they, one I'm the one person who really hates the entire design of the the oh, quote battle axe. Oh brother. Anyway, um, I'm sure you have many reasons for it. <laughs> it's just not an impressive looking weapon. I like that Groot participated in it, but like when he was starting to like go like I am Groot and then making it, I was like, this is gonna be rad. And then what it turns into is a fucking twisty wand from Harry Potter <laughs> connected oh. to an axe. Anyways, continue, please. Sorry. Well, and then also when they show up to Wakanda, I was like, all right. That was pretty badass. Um, when Thor... I, re- and- I remembered one other laugh line. like audible. I mean, I, I chuckled a lot, but one other loud laugh line for me was when Groot, in a really snotty way, when he's playing his game, goes like, I'm Groot. And then all of the Guardians guys go like, whoa, at the same time. <laughs> that was good. I loved the Guardians people in this movie. Like... I'm glad they basically just preserved their own movie and barely blended into the Infinity War. Yeah. That was good. I think it helped that, like, James Gunn, apparently he had, like, a lot of creative say in all the Guardian stuff. Like, apparently wrote, like, pretty much all the dialogue and stuff for them. I, I just got bingo for the record. <laughs> what? <laughs> for you for you mentioning James Gunn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Haven't mentioned Shane Black yet, though. True. Um, you haven't. Uh, for but no, but like I like yeah, I mean, the, and and the the plan sequels like we know there's a Guardians three, we know there's gonna be another Spider Man, we know we definitely know it hasn't been officially announced, but they're gonna be making Black Panther movies till the end of time, um, and, and so we know that those are in the worst, and like I yeah, that's what I felt like, that's what I was alluding to when I said it didn't feel like the stakes were as high. I didn't, as you guys were saying, I didn't feel like that, that the stakes were there for me because I, I knew that these were going to happen. It just didn't, and it didn't overcome that to me. And maybe they're going to do a thing where it's like the legacy characters will sacrifice themselves and bring the new guys back. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really, you know, not to to think that far ahead but um yeah like that just i i do feel like that lessened the impact even the gamora death i was like i don't even feel like i feel like that's not gonna stick um maybe it will like maybe they'll surprise us i don't know um but the but like loki vision and and uh heimdall uh idris elba's character dying all of those i was just like well contracts are up man like idris elba was like i'm finally right i'm done Finally. Well, also, I mean, no, no. So, freaking Idris Elba is not coming back because Heimdall's one ability was use the Bifrost. No, that's what they, I'm saying. They, they specifically call out that when they create this new axe, that it has the ability for him to use the Bifrost himself. Like, so, <laughs> like, there is zero expectation. No, I'm that not he saying. Back. I'm not saying that he is. I mean, I think the ones that are pretty definite, like those three, um, yeah, those are just pretty light. Yeah, gives, like you know, if, that, if that's the gutsiest the movie is gonna get, that's yeah. kind of not that big. Like we don't care about those characters as much, and especially like I said, Idris Elba, like he's complained about these, like oh, I'm tired of these fucking Marvel movies. So of course he's. I'd rather like, make gunslinger movies with yeah. <laughs> Stephen King. Movies. It's like, dude, but when The Wire kills him off, he complains about that. It's like, come bro- on, Idris. It's dude, like spoiler. You know, I haven't watched The Wire yet. <laughs> it's like, bro, uh, Idris, you better shut your mouth because they'll just replace you with another actor like Hugo Weaving. Uh, but he's dead now, so his character's dead. So, uh, one other thing, I, if if I can nitpick, 
in this four-hour episode. <laughs> it's only two hours and seven minutes so far, good, and good, we good. had like 15 minutes of fucking around between yeah. this. Um, there is a scene, the pivotal fight in space. I, I agree for the most part with Carson. I think the space scenes are much better than the Earth scenes. The pivotal fight on Titan where Tony Stark and Peter Quill and Spider-Man and Doctor Strange are fighting Thanos and they're trying to get his glove off. The way that gets resolved really annoyed me. Yeah, that did too. The way, yeah. the way that they're about to do it and then Peter Quill just like can't not punch Thanos in the face till he wakes up. Like he's responsible for half the universe dying and he he knows that like he's not so, no, his he, parks and rec character like he he understands that like i don't i don't get why they did it that way i feel like they could have made it more subtle and not feel like so overtly well we need the plan to be foiled and now we're going to find a reason that it had to happen but do you like so first of all i mean i i think it's never clear that they can for sure get the glove off right like it's they don't, sure, they, 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 they hint that it's very close. They, like they make it seem like it. They make it seem like it's very close, but also, like, if if they thought it was totally going to work, basically, if that was exactly how things were going to play out, Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange would have said, like, Peter, you can't, like, thanks for the plan, but you can't participate in it because y- you're bad, right? I, I, I think that there's just a... I... It was shitty for that character, like he is responsible for horrible things and he's going to have to live with that moving forward. But I think, or does he disappear? I he does disappear. Okay. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have to fucking worry about shit cause he's gone. Um, but I think that like, I, I, I totally bought it as a reaction. Like he just, cause he is, he, he's like a, a grown up kid, right? Like he hasn't figured out how to put other people before him. Like the, the whole the whole reason he has that joking back and forth with then, uh, uh, yeah, no, not with Thanos, with uh, Thor, is because he he's still a little kid, right? He's trying to do that, and I think that I totally believe that he was uncontrollably unable to put the group ahead of his own uh, problems with the fact that uh, Thanos had killed Gamora. That like it it. It's not putting the group. It's putting his own ability to kick Thanos's ass. Like, you know, you know, it just seems so weird. I like, like, it's hard to root for him if no, we're no, supposed I, to take it seriously that he did that. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to root for him. I think it's just a thing where it's like you're just like, no, don't succumb to this. Fuck, you're gonna succumb to it, and now it's all over. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I bought it as a truth of what could happen. But I'm never really rooting for him in this film, unlike the Guardians films. He is just a guy who's funny to be around. Mm. (laughs) Now, can I blow your mind for a second? What? What if everyone who didn't disappear is actually the dead the dead set? That's what that's what I was thinking too. That would almost entirely be possible given the production schedule. So you're saying Thanos does die? Yeah. Yeah, Thanos, Iron Man. Like every um, everyone who didn't get evaporated is is dead. It's like a yeah. reverse. Because almost all of the new heroes get evaporated. Yeah. And only the legacy ones are left. And right. all the other humans and whatever. 
if I'm honest, I feel like that's a charitable way to explain away the fact that we know there's more movies coming. Well, yeah. I, I do think that there was there, you know, I've heard, I do think that like, you know, where, where you're kind of saying like it, it cheapened the moment that Dr. Strange gave that uh, stone to Thanos instead of killing off Tony Stark. Like there's probably something to do with that where, you know, he said, oh, I saw all the outcomes and there's only one where we win. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's got to be pretty clear that in order to win, he needed to do that and cause this to happen because he knew that they were going to uh, retrieve that and go back in time or whatever, you know, maybe part two takes place in hell and it's Mm. all the new heroes that like claw their way out of hell. Oh, that'd be great. (laughs) It's like a drive angry, drive angry. It's like a dragon ball Z when Goku falls off snake way and lands in hell (laughs) or sorry, the home for the infinite losers, quote unquote. Oh, um, but yeah, like I, I agreed with like, you know, when they all had like Thanos in a chokehold and then they, he gets away, like all of that felt very, you know, like, you know, I understand it's like, it's a movie, they got to create something, they got to create a conflict and they got to do these things in order for other things to happen. And it's just like, I don't know, it just, that one felt just kind of like, you know, let's create better conflict um it felt like a very movie thing and that and yeah like because i it kind of went back to you know because we know that we know that chris loves to nitpick and i was even thinking this too it crossed my mind it's like if thanos is this powerful why didn't he just like fucking kill he had the ability to kill these heroes like why didn't he just do it right away like when he like you know they're fighting him and stuff but he easily could have taken them all out um especially in that opening scene you know he kills most of them but he just leaves thor in like a fucking iron maiden or something and walks away dr evil style like you know you think it's like oh you don't want to watch him die like it was like one of those kind of things you know where it's like he easily could have killed thor right then and there and he did but also at that time thor still thinks he can take thanos but killing loki destroying like the theoretical remaining part of Asgard and then leaving Thor there. It's like it's he has psychologically killed him rather yeah, than but physically. It, it, yeah, it's but very much like let me dangle the hero over yeah. a pool of sharks and walk away right, instead like of actually the, kill him, right? The, yeah. I like where was Seth Green going like, oh Thanos, you gonna watch him die or not? Like it was <laughs> totally no, I, that I, kind I, of move. No, I but that's the thing is I don't think I don't think the intention was for him to die on that ship. I think the intention was for him to know he lost to Thanos yeah, but, and that Thanos killed Loki and, and just to be like, live with that. Like he, like Thanos is concerned with like, even when he goes to Gamora's planet in the flashback flashback, he's already starting his kill 50% of everyone thing where like he rounds everybody up from the entire planet, I guess at least the entire village and puts half the people on one side, half the people on the other side and then just executes everybody on one half of the side. So I think that he, it's not that he wants to kill everybody. It's that he wants to kill half of everybody. And the only people that he's really worried about killing are people who are directly like standing in his way at that given time. And I think that like when he defeats Thor at the beginning of the film, Thor is defeated. He no longer poses a threat. Like he is completely trapped. He is done. He has killed a person in front of Thor. And there's not really a need to kill one more person. 
It's just about like, look, like you've been bested. I've killed this other God. I'll kill you too. Just be done with it. I'm off to go collect the rest of my stones. It's Thanos has, I mean, not what I would call a moral compass, but he has like a set of rules where he's like, I'm trying to kill this many people for this reason. And everyone else is just a matter of fact, uh, flip of the coin, whether or not they're, they need to die at this moment. So I know this is nitpicky, but what are the odds that it's exactly 50% is what the universe needs everywhere all the time? Doesn't that seem like a guy who just doesn't know how statistics works? I mean, well, it will always need 50%. It's, it's like the it's the reductio ad absurdum, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. you, you can always kill 50% of the people that are remaining. Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, in, I still like, you know, I still think that Thanos could have just could have just taken these heroes out because he know that they were going to be a problem. Yeah, like he doesn't use the stones when he's fighting them for the most part, and it I, I it makes I'm the fight saying, a little more interesting, but it's kind of weird, right? That, that like he already proved he can just like make them turn into jack o' lanterns yeah. or whatever. I mean, and I instead don't... he does a normal <laughs> fight. I mean, he uses uses the power stone, and the reality stone, the most. Um, mm-hmm. The mind stone, I think, for the most part, overlaps with the powers of the reality stone. Because it's all about perception, right? He could have used the Emma Stone and turned into an Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, online, uh, Kyle Buchanan on Vulture tweeted that out. He was like, Thanos, uh, he's like, gay Thanos has to get all his six stones. And it was like, Emma, Sharon, Wall, and Alicia Silver. Like, there were a bunch of others. <laughs> and it was funny. I, I don't know why it's funnier than Alicia Silverstone. Just like the, 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 the combo- like, at- Adding to the word stone makes it funnier to me. Yeah. But, I mean, I just want to be upfront. I didn't care at all that this was happening. These were just thoughts that crossed my mind because I know, like, you know, people love to nitpick this kind of stuff. Not just Chris, but, like, other people. Like, I remember there was... There was someone we there's someone we know that was just like, well, how do the aliens know how to speak English? And I'm just like, I'm done. Like, I'm out of this conversation. <laughs> well, clearly, they have the language stone. So, the Rosetta Stone. Damn yeah, it! I fucked it up. Uh, god damn it! I was so close. You to the can't joke. edit that into being smart either. Oh my god! So close. I, have to I live with it forever. I you had I've, it in your grasp. I. And god damn it! That makes me so mad that I'm about to that. punch him right in the nutsack, and you failed. I I blame the beer. Yep. So here's here's the one thing that I haven't heard anybody else talking about. Did Thanos kill Doctor Strange's coat or his, his cape? Oh man, I, <laughs> I saw I saw something on Twitter yesterday where it was like 2015: colon, Joe Jonas is so hot. LOL. 2018: I want to fuck the robot from Lost in Space and Doctor Strange's cape. <laughs> okay, that's unrelated to this thing that I said. But no, because in, in the scene where Doctor <laughs> Strange is trying to put the cape around his People glove. People love that cape, though. That's anyways, awesome. so Doctor Strange keeps trying to wrap the cape around the gauntlet so that he can't close his fist to actually use the stones. And at one point when he's trying to rip it off, it looks like he tears it in half. Did the cape die? I don't care. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It, I, I don't know. It, he's going to be back something. in Sorcerer's Apprentice or something. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Like like I said, like I didn't care about this stuff, but it just it also felt like, you know, they're like I said, they're building up Thanos to be this incredible presence and, you know, 
It just seemed like he could take them all out very easily. Uh, but I don't know. I wish Josh Brolin was in like purple makeup and stuff like they do with Gamora and uh, Karen Gillan as Nebula. But he couldn't have been big enough to be Thanos. I could have. Dude, if they made Tim Curry into Satan in Legend, like they could have made Josh Brolin big purple dude. Also, I like that I'm talking about they couldn't have possibly made Josh Brolin look bigger than normal, but Peter Dinklage is giant in the movie. <laughs> yeah, force, come on. They could have done some forced perspective, man. Oh, Dinkledorf. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the the one thing I, I, I read online um, that I found interesting was because I do agree way back uh, at the beginning of this episode, uh, Stephen mentioned like the which is something about like the stakes of this movie and the fact that, you know, like with every superhero movie and especially these team up movies, like the, they have to keep upping the stakes. Like it's not just New York this time, it's the world. And now it's the universe. Like that's what's at hand, you know, it's not just New York strip. (laughs) Yeah. Now we're watching square park motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, and, and the bigger the stakes like that, when like the universe is in peril, it does get more and more impersonal. Like once you go bigger, instead of just focusing on like, you know, one little aspect. Um, so yeah, like that, like, and, and Thanos's big plan of just basically, I mean, thank God there wasn't any portals or shit like that. There was, we did get like the faceless blobby aliens and stuff, but you know, his his big plan is basically like, you know, uh, like Ben Foster and in Inferno. Like, hey, I'm going to kill them all, you know, <laughs> take them all out, uh, whatever. Um, or some of them, you know. But it just seemed, it seems, it just seemed like just weak. It, it, right? It's going, going, going back to our first review ever of The Day the Earth Stood Still remake. Oh, it's basically yeah. an environmental message. <laughs> We're yeah. using all the resources of the planet. Half of us have to die. Yeah. But... So apparently in the comics, the reason Thanos is doing all this destruction is because he's trying to impress... Death. uh, Yeah, it's death. He's trying to impress a feminine version of death. Like, death is his girlfriend in the comics, and he wants to please her. So that's why he's going around getting all the stones and trying to, to wipe everything out. Death, who is apparently different than Hela, who is the goddess of death. And Northern California. Yeah. <laughs> and not... That joke is funny to just people in California, I think. And not, um, and not Red Skull or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so, like, like, the motivation behind that is that's obviously a little weirder. It's a little bit different than what we've seen. It's not just, like, I'm mad, I'm here, all right, we can make it the stones. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, that's just, that was just me thinking, like, well, that would have been, like, a a good, uh, a good catalyst, I think. I don't know. But, uh, that, I mean, that was really the only other thing I had was that, and obviously, it's funny because in that, in that very first Prince of Persia episode, I can't remember now what we were talking about, but I was like, yeah, the CGI wasn't that great. So I'm glad I on brand from the beginning with that. But um, yeah, like the CG with like Thanos, I mean, like I've already stated many times, it's just not my thing. Like I'd rather see Josh Brolin 
doing like prosthetics and makeup and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, you know, I, I saw like, uh, like there, I do like, you got to appreciate, like I said, you got to appreciate the scale and the, and the spectacle and the, everything that went into this movie, uh, for sure, because it could have been, uh, it could have been a disaster and, and they did, they did, you know, admirably like with what they had and, um, you know, a lot yeah, of, I, I a lot they, of people they, are going to dig it and it's, that's fine. Like, you know, yeah, it, I think it, they, they accomplished their goal. I just don't know if the goal is a thing I want to be a part of right, that much like, anymore. That's just, you know, that's just, yeah, it's like, that's you, that's me. It is what it is. And, uh, yeah. I, th I think I solved the movie, by the way. What's in that? In part two, they're going to bring in someone who can replay the first movie in a way that proves that Thanos actually died by collecting the Oliver Stone. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> Woo! 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 Sly and the Family Stone. I will. I will say though. I'll bet Philosopher's you... Stone. <laughs> Sorcerer Stone. Sorcerer Stone. Stone. Roger yeah. Stone. Rolling Stone. Yeah. So many stones. <laughs> That's all the stones I know. Stonehenge. <laughs> Stone creatures from Noah. Although I will, I Chris, I will, I'll, I'll make you a bet right now, in Avengers four, because um, you were you you mentioned that that you know you're, what? Technically, this is <laughs> Avengers I four. Five. Oh, says Chris. Why are you counting Civil Bro or something? I'm counting Civil Four Bro as a fucking Avengers film. Oh, I said it on the podcast then. I'll say it on the podcast oh, now. Blah blah blah. Okay. Um, Anyways, Avengers 4. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned that they're setting up Tom Holland to take over as basically Tony Stark's role. Correct. Now, there's rumors. Now, we... Because I was going to say, you're forgetting about the other uh, uh, teenager who also has uh, Tony Stark's... Uh, Shiri? What? Shiri? Siri? What's no, not Shiri. Ty Simpkins. The kid in uh, Iron Man 3. Yeah, Ty Simpkins in Iron Man 3 has all oh, of this stuff, Oh, that fucking kid's not coming to do anything. But he's in the next one. He was spotted on set. So who's oh, going to take... I'm saying Ty Simpkins is taking up the mantle. That's all. Nah. So we'll see. We'll see. Anybody can go to a set of a movie. He's going to be in it, dude. He's going to be in it. He's going to... Tony Stark... He, Tony's going to train him. He's just going to be the old mentor from here on out. Maybe he'll pop up and like, you know. Uh, <laughs> He's up. like, I miss underoos. I need to teach some other kid. Yeah, man. And then people, will, you know, be forced to remember Iron Man 3. Um, nah. But, you know, but yeah, no, I think that I think that's what's uh, they're setting that up. That's what's going to happen. Cool. And, I don't think Robert Downey Jr. will die. I think he'll live through the next one. He'll live on inside of all of us. As long as Bucky dies, but he'll probably become the new Cap, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that, that's probably true. Yeah, that's what happens in the comics. Or stay the White Wolf, is that his name now? Well, that's what the Wakandans call him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, guys, we probably have reached the end of what we can handle doing tonight for this review. 
Um, I think yeah. <laughs> this is the longest episode we've recorded in a long time. I think we're approaching the exact length of Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's time to close this episode out. So, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com, where I am trying to write a review of every one of those goddamn Tribeca movies. <laughs> and it's really hard. Uh, Carson Patrick, last time you were on the show, you had still forgone all contact with social media. Yep. Is that still the stance that you take? Uh, yep, uh, that is true. Uh, I'll, but I do want to say, uh, I still, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, speaking of cliffhangers like this movie, I'm still kind of waiting to hear why Joanna didn't like Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther. Like, was he just too sexy? Like, was that the reason? I, I think so. We have a sort of like Mike Pence thing going where she's she's not allowed to watch anything with a sexy man. <laughs> Just that abrasive sexiness was clouding the uh, yeah. enjoyment of of that villain role. I, Michael B. Jordan was definitely the best MCU villain, better than Thanos. I agree. Sure. I agree. I, I think he's the best MCU villain. Though Chris yeah. did point out that. Um, I, the Spider-Man villain is pretty cool too. Yeah, so Michael they've had a decent run. Michael yeah. Keaton as uh, the Vulture was good too. I'd say those are the the best two that we've gotten. Like her, the... her her statement. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but her statement was that he he seemed to be like really chewing scenery in every one of his line deliveries. Um, oh yeah, like my name is this. Yeah, but that <laughs> yeah, was that like, was why it was awesome. No, so it was fun from a comic book perspective, but I think like he had such a real origin story that you could have not overplayed it and still been a really cool villain. But, but I, I think that character was clearly aware of like the swagger he had. Like he was, I feel like as a, as just a human being outside of the context of those films, he was like, he was just swinging his dick all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, people can find me over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, in Stitcher, in Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can... Uh, send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, Avengers Infinity War, so hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, yeah. Thank you, Carson Patrick, for rejoining us for this triumphant uh, episode. Um, reclaiming your spot Thank on the you. podcast. Thank you. I'll be back in... Uh... Well, by the time this comes out, I'll be back tomorrow for uh, Deadpool 2, Josh Brolin comic book, <laughs> round, round number two. That, that's good, because I think I'm going to be gone for the next, like, foreseeable weekend. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, yeah, he's got to, you got to go to your, your can run. Yeah. Don't say con. It's not how it's pronounced. I wouldn't, I wouldn't no. dare. Yeah. It's not a Joseph convention. No. no. Not a Benedict co- convention either. It's not a convention. It's a convention. Yeah, exactly. Swart. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully you survived this long. 